Oh, what episode are we? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. There goes the intro. <laughs> this is the intro. <laughs> oh, God. This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Thubs. How you going, mate? Good, bro. It's fucking good to be back. Oh, it is. It's good to be back for no- episode number 17. We are back in your motherfucking ears, listeners. And we have been doing this, I've just realized, just about a year now as well, which is crazy. Um... Although I was hoping we'd get a bit more content out, but I'm pretty happy with where we're at, I guess, a year into the process. How about you, man? Yeah, man, 17's all good. That's a few episodes. Yeah, sorry, Tyler's just creeping up behind me trying to say goodnight, and I'm trying to shun him off. (laughs) (laughs) Really throwing me off, so thanks for filling some space there. Fighting Uh, up the child. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So what are we here to talk to you guys about today? This is the Notorious Grand Tournament recap show. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get this out sooner as we did have some technical issues beyond sort of our control, but we're here to give you our perspective on what happened, what we learned, what we take, can take away and what we can do better and what works well as well. And just covering off, you know, what happened at the event itself. Uh, Clint from the Heralds of War and Liam from, Liam and Hayden from Shadowhammer have also done episodes on Notorious Hammer and their thoughts on it. So, if you're looking for some unbiased commentary, go check out the Heralds of War latest episode or Shadowhammer's latest episode as well. Otherwise, just expect to hear nothing but good things out of our mouths into your ears <laughs> right fucking now. So, where do we... Oh, where do we start as questions? That's what we do, eh? Yeah, we're going for questions. Yeah, these questions that are like, as we discussed, about two weeks old now because I asked him on the 1st of June and it's now, what, the 11th of June. So... I just punched the microphone, that's no good. Uh, so we have Aiden Nickel here, local player, played in the tournament. Uh, did you find his question on Twitter? And thanks for sending in your questions, guys. It gives us some content and some stuff to fill the air with. Did you find having such a large amount of people playing five games made it really hard to predict matchups based on wins? Uh, no, because the software did it for us. So, so <laughs> There's too we... much going on to try and work it out, man. It was was madness the whole time. Yeah, it wasn't one of those Excel spreadsheet jobs. Uh, That's for sure. We we got um, Tabletop TO to make us a custom scoring system. Uh, I guess we should talk about that now, Tub, since we're on it. Yeah. But in short, it was 20 points for a major win, uh, tournament points, 12 points for a minor, 10 for a draw, never happened, 8 for a minor loss, 0 for a major loss, uh, and then 3 points for secondary objectives achieved, which were just the GW objectives, uh, the hidden agendas, sorry. So the, the first, well, what mattered the most was your uh, tournament points, so that's made up of your game result and your secondaries, and then the first tie break was strength of schedule, uh, which we've received some pretty positive feedback about, so it's good to, good to hear. And then the second tie break was kill points, uh, which... There's still some sort of low-hanging fruit. A lot of people don't like it. I'm a bit indifferent about it, in all honesty. 
but I it didn't matter. When it comes down it, to second tiebreaker, it's very like, who gives a fuck at that point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it was there, but it was there on the chance that something crazy happened. Um, and it didn't. So in the way of scoring anyway, everyone was, you know, super schedule broke it up all pretty, pretty well. Uh, so no, it didn't have a hard time doing the scoring, Aiden, if that's what you're asking, because the system did it for us. Uh, did you find, he also said, did you find having players bring their own terrain, uh, alleviated pressure on table setup? Kinda. It was stressful on the Friday night setting up where we only had what half the hall three quarters of the hall set up and we're like oh man please hopefully people come and um no it was easy as it was all good we got there in the morning just raced around and you did the computer and yeah you did absolutely no stress yeah it was good yeah yeah so we had one player nick bring i think he was said he was bringing like 12 mats or so and we had um we had yeah, more than enough mats, and he was also bringing a lot of terrain, so it was like, fuck, if Nick doesn't show, <laughs> we could be in trouble here, and it's going to be super embarrassing. But no, it went, it went all fine. Uh, and then lastly, he said, do you like my new display pick, or am I showing too much? Um, I'm glad I don't have Twitter up. Oh, it's like, I don't know, it's like part of his chest, it's almost like he's at a toga party, and he's a hairy man as well. So. Very hairy. Yep. Mm. So that's enough for Maiden. Uh, <laughs> Probably so, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, friend of the show, Sam Morgan, um, one of the many faces of Sam Morgan, that is, uh, three questions from afar. Interested on your views on the tournament software. Uh, positive. Positive when you do it correctly, is what I'd say about it. Do you have any views, Tubby? I didn't any have views? anything to do with the tournament software. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Give them a pass. Uh, maybe you can answer this question better than I can. Uh, because of the roles we played on the weekend, but how impactful were activation wars on the table? Um, I, I got maybe a small handful of questions about sequencing, um, but not too much. Uh, there was a few Fek armies there, and I think they were the only real ones that were cranking it out. We had one Slanesh army, um, but yeah, I don't think we had too many of the armies that really punished the activation wars side of things. Uh, aside from Feck. Uh But well, we yeah, have... I don't think they were ruling the roost too hard. Liam obviously did really well with his Grizzle Gore, uh, and I think people just weren't ready for that. Yeah, I mean, that's a wider discussion that we could possibly have at some point as well, and Liam uh, sort of touched on it on his podcast, is that uh, we honestly don't have anyone. Well, we have very few people playing like, the typical gristle gore three or four dragon lists in New Zealand. So it did take a lot of people by surprise, I'd say, when they came across it. I think just the amount um, of monsters in Liam's list is what pe- caught people off. Like we see, we saw Matt punching people up with four zombie dragons, and what did Liam have? He had he had four as well, five, four or five, right. yeah, and the the exact same impact. Like I don't think the lists are built. To, to deal with that many monsters more than um, the activations really taking more of an effect because there is plenty of shooting and magic around so it's um I wouldn't say all the lists are just hardcore combat which is where it really affects the most yeah absolutely absolutely 
Um, I know Matt Britton learned that his list was a lot better as well. He had the... He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking, <it's> fucking useless. <laughs> um, sorry, my throat went there. My voice went there for a second. I was choking on my own words. Uh, in the first game, he was running the Tyrants of Blood. Uh, is it Blood Lords? Blood Lords, yeah, fighting first guys. Yeah. And he asked me, he's like, so wait, when this guy fights, can that guy fight? And then that guy fights. I was like, yes, cunt. <laughs> That's how your list works. And he was like, oh my God, this is better than what I thought it was. And I was like, fucking, oh. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> yeah, he just, he didn't play the list at all. Yeah. But, uh, and then last thing is, what's the main thing you would change if you were running it again next weekend? I don't know. Just, I, we've got I, a few ideas which we. Yeah, talk I about think we later. can answer them later oh. on. There's, yeah. there's, so there's you a have to, couple. Yeah, so you have to keep listening, Sam, if you want to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, now we'll move over to the Facebook page, which is uh, the New Zealand Age of Sigma Facebook page, is where we put up community uh, questions, and we've got Finn Decker, Tripod Bros for Life. Oh yeah. Uh, how many beers does it take? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many beers does it take Bates uh, to myself to enter scores incorrectly? So uh, more of that to come later on. So we get to that. Then. <laughs> I think it's but the supercharges, super man. The supercharges will oh, yeah. I indulged myself a little too much and got um, a score wrong. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Joseph asks, most surprising placing, i.e. people slash lists you expected to place higher slash lower than they did. Oh, Matt Brennan. Mr. Mediocre, sure. yeah. That, yeah, that trash cunt. middle but no he was that was the biggest surprise i think for myself um for someone who didn't do as well trying to remember off the top of my head um i think um maybe maybe trey finishing yeah definitely like his third tournament his first big tournament his first big tournament which was the kicker as well yeah he he really smashed it yeah, first two-day tournament, because he did a charity one. Mm-hmm. No, that was two days as well, but charity tournament with three rolls. Yeah. And then that one day one, and yeah. Um, maybe Nicholas Harris as well, coming ninth. Oh, and Jacques with the Iron Jaws, man. He went four and one. Yeah. I've heard it on like three yeah. different podcasts. He's, he's like a, a national treasure, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went four and one. He was actually the lowest sort of four and ones, but... Um, not to sort of poo-poo Jax too much, but he did All get good. a minor win in there. So, um, yeah, he finished 10 towards the bottom. No, it's sort of, for the most part, was as expected, I guess. Um, next question. I've clicked off the page. Uh, Stephen oh, Morris. Sorry. Said, oh, uh, sorry, Joseph also said, most surprising faction not to make an appearance. That would require me this remembering is... every faction that was there and then <laughs> which ones weren't. I don't have a fucking clue. Sorry, Joseph. Yeah. I'm surprised there was so um, much corn and fleshy to courts. If we can go the other way on that question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had. So, what? Joseph himself, the person who's asking questions, has a fleshy to courts army. Uh, we had Brett. And then we had Liam. Liam. We had. I think we had four. And I think we had four yeah, blades. And only one of them and only one of them was from Wellington as well. Mm-hmm. The rest were all travellers. So I think it was a bit of a surprise for the local scene. Yeah. Uh Stephen, what uh what sorry, what were your biggest takeaways as TOs? 
what are you going to do better next year? Uh, I guess we'll we'll jump into that a bit later. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got a couple. We got a couple. This, yeah, there's definitely some some um, learning opportunities. I believe you could call it, and in, in a sort of professional sense. But for the most part, it was all good. Uh, and then James says, "Is Mister Goonboss still in the picture after?" <laughs> Oh wait! What is, is Miss Miss? Oh, sorry, Mrs. I misread it. Is Mrs. Goonboss still in the picture after her stint as a delivery driver on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> um, any chance you want to explain that to some extent? Uh, yeah. So, um, Seth got on the piss pretty good on Saturday. Um, they hung around yes, on Saturday Goonboss. night. Liam was driving around. I think Liam left his keys in his hoodie. Liam's hoodie got stolen. Um, so Mr. Goonboss had no car keys, no way to get in his car where all his stuff is, his phone is, his wallet is. Um, and his his partner had to drive hour and a half, two hours down to um, drop off another pair of keys. So she was pretty, she was pretty pissed. Um, but can confirm a week later, Seth's back around at my house again on the piss on a, um, on a Sunday at three in the morning. So yeah, I think, um, I think nothing's changed, man. No, it doesn't sound like it. Didn't he lose his phone in the taxi yeah, uh, on the way back? I don't know, man. His whole life fell apart yeah. on Saturday night. But he was he yeah. was still like relatively happy. Yeah. Uh, he's um and unfortunately <laughs> Seth, Seth becomes a bit of a liability when he's on it, um, sometimes. But this one was totally out of his control, yeah. so I felt really bad for the lad, considering he's done some um, as we all have done some stupid shit in the past, but this one wasn't any fault of <laughs> no. its own, and it was probably the it was probably the worst situation he's ever been in as well. And the fact that like it was the most serious, I guess. But whatever, uh, they seem to be they seem to be pretty happy. Uh, Mark said, "Did everyone finish their games on time? Do you think AOS is starting to need longer play times with the newer books?" Um, so I can say for a fact, not everyone finished all their games on time. Um, I think the hardest part of it um, was going from game two to three because there's no like significant break. There's about a 20-minute break, which for some people was more than enough because they finished beforehand. Um, but for some people, they sort of push it and run slightly over. And um, I mean, we'll get into it later, Tubby. Yeah. I believe you had to... Re- yes, you had to I was re- doing um, like a, a slow play scoring side of thing. Um, and I didn't penalize anybody at the end of the tournament for not completing games. So that's a, that's a good, good push. Um, we can go into it a bit later, but yeah, yeah. Everyone after round one and I walked around and told everyone to hurry up, everyone hurried up. So it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one game, I believe you had to resolve for the players, yeah. but we can touch on that yeah, later. Totally. Um, I know there was a couple of people, because we were waiting on the results from round two to three, there was one game that um, we told them to dice down and finish, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we're finishing, we're just doing scoring, and God, it must have taken them quite some time to do the scoring, because I literally grabbed their results, plugged it in, and put out the draw on the big screens, and then everyone else was looking at the big screens, and then they were going to do tables right away, <laughs> and these poor guys really didn't have much time between between the rounds. Um, and I just said to him, look, just talk to your opponent uh, because after this game ends, you know, we're done for the day because it's round three on, on Saturday. So 
if your opponent doesn't mind you taking like 10 minutes to go get a drink or just go go outside for a moment or whatever um if that's fine with them then that's fine with us because if you run slightly over it's it's not a big deal because we're not going anywhere immediately no and they're like oh yeah cool i don't know if anyone took the offer up but you know as long as people were happy to um matt watkinson said how did you feel running an event with such a heavy hobby focus rather than a just mostly competitive event same or different atmosphere um you want to start yeah i think it was um much much the same you saw the same people um but you saw a whole lot of new people as well that i hadn't met before and um i hope that had something to do with it because that was really cool uh there was a few armies i hadn't seen in a while like mr jacques i was a little bit of a fan of that and um and just some other guys that were coming to show off their painting which is it was really good i feel like it made it a little bit more inclusive feeling um than maybe just the old boys kicking it at tournaments again yeah i totally agree because i mean the idea was it's an event for everyone uh for all parts that are hobby and and that's what we set out to achieve and i I believe we achieved that um i'd say painters are probably more bitchy than competitive (laughs) players this is what i noticed (laughs) a bunch of catty bitches eh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were some sour looking faces at results and so on but no no it was it was great to really emphasize and acknowledge um that side of the hobby other than just the competitive side because there has been some feedback we've had in the past uh well i've had in the past back when in an event i did um that there needs to be more focus and and that's sort of what we went out to achieve and i believe we achieved that and the feedback that I've had would lead me to believe we have. And I don't expect the standard to change for next time we do an event. I would expect possibly more if we can come up with some ideas. But it was really cool seeing the hobbyists have their armies set up, um, have their models set up, looking pretty chuffed with themselves, having people go around talking and acknowledging that side of it. Um, and because we had just under 50 players, we had 48 players, there was... As Tub said, it's, there was plenty of models and armies that I had never seen or didn't know people were working on, and it was really cool to see. Yeah. Then there was there was um, only one there was only one thing, and it was an endless spell that wasn't up to scratch. I don't know if you took anything off, but um, I ended up taking it off on on round one and told him, "Hey, go home tonight, rebase it, come back." And he did that, and it was yeah. fucking awesome. Chucked it back on the table, but to go yeah. around there and have a bit of a a, a reasonable standard to set and um only take off one little minor thing it's primo as fuck yeah because we didn't really put a whole lot of guidance i don't think in the players pack as the painting standard it was literally just paint your fucking models um and if they aren't at least sort of three colors with a wash and something on the base then we'll take them off and um and from what I saw, everyone met that standard. There was some marginal borderline yep, armies. But you're always going to get um, that. That's all good. But they weren't They weren't taking the piss borderline, I no. don't think. I think they were just sort of newer players. And it was up to the, to the very brief description we'd put in the pack. But um, it definitely, the, the average standard at event was much higher than what we previously have had in this country. And the top end was amazing mind-blowingly amazing it was, it was far better than anything we've ever seen um 
Anthony Mangro, the coach from Sydney, said, what was the biggest surprise at this year's event? You got any big surprises? I think I've got two. Um, one was the so we had in separate judges come in to do the painting, and mm-hmm. how close the top three guys was. Um, obviously, we've sort of seen Sloan walk away of painting at every tournament he's gone to, um, and to see these three guys go up and the judges be split between those three was a like. That was a massive surprise. I hadn't seen Maddie's army or Bo's army completed at that point. And um, yeah, they, they, they put on a good competition on the painting side. Um, and then I'd say the other thing is like a surprise seeing Matt Britton go most mediocre player. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> We're um, gonna keep rubbing it, man. <laughs> I don't even know if it was a surprise. I think I'm beyond surprise. I think it's just fucking disappointing to say. Well, I've moved past the shock of it. Fuck, he's an awful player. Um, possibly my biggest surprise was um, two things. Uh, was that Hayden decided to decided on like Thursday to fight in New uh, yeah. Zealand the next day and play in the event uh, from from Brisbane. So that was really cool. That was awesome seeing Hayden again. Um, that was just sort of the week of, and he was like, "Hey, if I come, can I play?" And I was like, "Bro, if you get here." I'm not going to turn you around at the airport and tell you to fuck off. (laughs) You're more than welcome. We'll figure it out. It's fine. We had a spare player. We didn't need him in the end. Um, And I guess secondary to that, my biggest surprise is that uh, there was no attrition at the event. We had one player who just didn't show up on the day. Um, And so we had the spare player ready to go because we knew we had 49. Um, However, that player just didn't show. And made aware of it or maybe i was but i can't find anything in my messages uh so yeah that was it and then there was no drops overnight mm. which was awesome that makes toing a lot fucking easier totally. so thank you to everyone who came very much appreciate it i know there were some sore heads and some tired eyes in the morning but you guys are awesome uh moving on reagan says uh what was it like having uh an outside judges coming in for the overall painting and do you feel the tournament had something for everyone? If not, what do you think was needed? Yeah, thank fuck we had outside judges for painting because um, the those the top three armies that we had to sit down were like so hard to judge to the point where we're like both of us are sitting there like tipping their models upside down, looking under them, looking for just looking for mistakes at that point. Um, mistakes more than anything because they're 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 so close uh, that I didn't know how to judge them. So I'm glad we had someone to come in and um, say, "Hey, this one's better than this one. This one's better than this one." Um, guys that got a lot more painting experience and knowledge than than me or Sean do. Uh, and was there something in the tournament for everyone? I think there was. Uh, I think. We could maybe chuck in even another couple uh, sort of like fun spot prizes in there uh, for the more chilled out players. Um, but I, yeah, I think we did pretty good catering for everyone, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, we had, as we've talked about before, and Tubby just talked about, we had outside judges came in. Uh, two of them are painting. Uh, commission oh, painters. Fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? That's it. 
thank God. I was thinking painting, <laughs> painting money. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the? F-? Yeah, fuck. I don't know, bro. It's Tuesday night. Um, yeah, we and two of them were commissioned painters um, who are hobbyists, and they don't actually play AOS, but they are um, previous sort of fancy players and. They play 40k and they play all sorts of games, but they offer a service out of Wellington and they're pretty good from what I understand. Uh, I think Cameron had his yep. army painted by them. And then we also had um, old legend of the scene, Pete Dunn, come in and did some paint judging as well. And he um, he's just been in war. He's, he's won hobby awards, but he's been in war gaming for, fuck, I don't know, 20, 30 years. So he knows what to look for and he has big hobby focuses at his events as well. And he was more than happy to come. And he doesn't play iOS and but he does play 40k. Um, I don't know if he plays any other games. Uh, so he's sort of across as to what needs to be done and what looks good and what doesn't look good. And more importantly, they weren't overly known to our player base. So I don't believe there was any any, any underlying bias carried. Like they did know a couple of people that were playing. But they hadn't but seen the armies before. Where I find... It's the biggie. Yeah. No, they hadn't. But yeah, so the point I guess I'm trying to make and I'm doing a bad job of it, is that you go to a tournament, you see someone's army, and you know that person's army's awesome. Like, Bo, for an example, for myself. Um, I know Bo's army's awesome. I like it. It's got bright colors, and I go to events. And then if Bo's army's there, and I haven't found anything that catches my eye before it comes to voting, I'll just, like, I'll just vote for Bo, because I know it's a cool army. You know, or I'll vote for Matt, or I'll vote for Sloan. So these guys came in, no bias, no prejudice, just came in and just voted. And it was, um, I mean, judged, and it was very good. And thank God they were there. Um, yeah, and as Tubby said, uh, spot prizes as well. Something that we could possibly improve. We did have a number of spot prizes. I think there was about yeah, I think four there was five, five in the five, end. Five random we... ones during the um, during the rounds. Yeah, I think it averaged yeah. one per round. But essentially, what happened is we had um, some money left over from the registration, and we just brought a bunch of random stuff. Um, and we chucked it in this big tub, this big plastic box, and we just sort of said to each other on Saturday, we need to find ways to give this away. <laughs> and, and we were just trying to come up with sort of cool, fun little ways to give the prizes away uh, that people couldn't game for, especially. Uh, you know, that were just sort of random shit that we'll get, we'll get into later what we came up with, but maybe a bit of um, maybe a bit of thought before the event. Yeah, we can just build off that now, I think. I like that we did a lot of them on the fly too, though, because some of the ones we did on the fly were, they worked out pretty well. Yeah, there was one that we'll talk about later, which I was especially proud of, which I believe you came up with the idea of, which I thought was fucking awesome. (laughs) Um, But we'll get to that later. And lastly, Rowan says, how was the venue from your guys' point of view and will you look at using it again? Uh, Yes. Yes, we will. Um, We're just currently actually trying to confirm a date with them for next year um looking at earlier in may sort of first weekend of may i believe it is but i'm waiting for confirmation and we'll let you guys know um from a t i mean i wasn't planning the event but from a to's perspective the venue had everything we wanted you know it had two projectors where we could put the, the scores on and the draws on so people could see where they were playing uh we also had the timers up on the projectors we had a microphone and a PA system so we could talk to everyone without screaming. Uh, there was toilets, which were relatively clean. There was alcohol. There was food. 
there was smokers area there was pokies if you're into that apparently there's a karaoke part which i didn't know about susan won a thousand dollars oh yeah old, old mate <laughs> susan won some money with a pa um i haven't had any complaints about the venue in fact i've had nothing but praise for the venue and um i think that's reflected in um old mate pete dunn who we just mentioned went out and booked his next 40k tournament at the venue the following week um <laughs> so he approached the venue and locked in one of his big events for next year um one thing i will say about it is i don't think we could hit the numbers that we might have previously boasted about in that venue if we want to keep the table layout the same so what i mean by that is i think we previously said it could host 100 people quite easily and i do believe it could however we had individual tables uh so like islands set up essentially so just one you know two tables smacked together oh sorry people were playing at tables by themselves with a sideboard there was no yeah with, with two sideboards sideboard either side of the table there was no you know your table your six by four table and then another six by four table immediately next to you you could walk around your table completely without bumping into too much ass hopefully um that's something that we wanted to set up and if we wanted to retain that setup i think we could look to go to about 70 or 80 yeah. but if we were looking to squeeze everyone in like sardines then we could probably go to one twenty, one thirty or so but one i don't think we'll get the demand for it and two i'd like to keep the event sort of with individual tables um for as long as we can unless there is an overwhelming demand for us to expand then that might be something we sacrifice or some or a venue change might be in order in that case but yeah and sorry did you have anything to no, man, no you're smashing my regarding the venue man. yeah the venue was fucking sick oh yeah that's i mean i mean yeah, liam and hayden said it was one of the best venues they've been to um they really enjoyed it or anyway that's what i interpreted from their comments on Shadowhammer. they said it was a great venue so um Hopefully I haven't misspoke for them, but and I think Clint said it was quite good too. I was thoroughly impressed with it, although I was sitting on a stage behind a laptop screen for most of it. So um, and walking and talking and doing YouTube videos and I mean not YouTube, fucking Facebook, whatever. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm rambling. So where do we want to go to from here? We've answered the question. Uh, should we go over? Do we just want to walk the listeners through sort of our experience, our, our weekend or long weekend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll run over the the results, and then we'll go over maybe our our thoughts and feelings, and maybe what we think we could have done better, and, and bits and pieces like that. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. So where so, do you want to start? Uh, we'll start at the top of the list, eh? So the results. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Uh, starting on gaming, I guess. So coming in at first place was Mr. James Page, which was uh, yep. not overly surprising, but um, he did bloody well over the weekend. He played an awesome game. <clears throat> I sat past him and watched the last uh, two games of his, and he played like an absolute killer. Uh, his one with Hayden was probably one of the best games of Knife of the Heart of, um, I've ever seen. So that was definitely big props to both those players. Uh, yep, yep. We've given well, I've given Jimmy shit in the past before, um, but that's mainly because um, jealous <laughs> of his ability. 
<laughs> nothing against him as a person. The guy's a freak on the table, and I mean a literal freak. Um, and he he he's been. I mean, he sniffs the top tables every time. He sniffs the podium pretty much every event he goes to. He started winning. Uh, so a little bit on Jimmy. He won pretty much every AOS event for the first eighteen months of the game's existence or so, and then he had a little. I want to say dry patch, but he wasn't winning events. So everyone's like, oh, James isn't as good as he used to be, sort of thing. Um, but he's he finished second at Masters, and he's won the biggest event in this country now. And there was no fucking bunny run as well, because he bet number two, and he bet number three, and he bet number seven, and I don't know who else he played other than those. So he, he literally, yeah. you know, ran the field of... He had the, one of the hardest... He always seems well, to get one of the hardest run. runs. Whenever there's like a, an actual breakdown of it, yeah. Well, when you're finishing up the top, you yeah. definitely do, don't you? Did he have the hardest room for schedule? I, 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 I wouldn't. Just, oh, yeah, I'd assume he would. Him. Yeah, I know he had one of the highest at Masters. Yeah. Uh, he won a quarter arms or a Valleycon, and he had just a ridiculous lineup. Uh-huh. Like he, he doesn't get phased by the players. No, but no. Well done to Jones. Well done. Um, it's a great effort. Smashed man. it. Uh, so coming in at second was one of our Aussie visitors, Mr. Liam Burnett Blue, running his flesh out of courts. Uh, so we should say James was running uh, Legion of Sacrament. Liam was running flesh out of courts, Grizzlegore build. And uh, yeah, he thought it was a meme list, but he definitely <laughs> memed all over the tables until we, um, he dropped his one game to, uh, to Page. Yeah, yeah, and scorched if he was pretty unmatched, uh, outmatched at um, from what I understand. But if you listen to Shadowhammer, you'll hear about it. Um, so yeah, he four major wins and five secondaries from what I understand. Uh, the number three we had also Australian Hayden Walker uh, with his Idenf Deepkin, and he had the same results as Liam. Liam just had a slightly harder strength for schedule, um, and Hayden had slightly more kill points as well. So great to see the Aussies coming around. Not here to fuck spiders. Second and third. Uh, good yeah, job man. to them. Smashed um, it. How far do you want to go? Do you want uh, to go oh, top five, top ten? We're going to upset yeah, someone. Yeah, we can, we can do top ten. Let's let's stop at um, Jacques because he's yeah. he's the he's the crowd favorite. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so fourth was so, Mister Bo running his Idenf Deepkin. Um, so carrying on his tournament success. Not quite going back to back tournaments again, but uh, going four and one is still pretty bloody good. Back to back mm. to back, you mean? <laughs> so, he, so Bo had won the last two events prior to this. Um, he was a hot favourite. Uh, he unfortunately lost in round one, and that was a bit sad. But he he went undefeated from then on out. And got all the secondaries and got a bunch of kill points and finished fourth and did very well. And he got best order as well. So uh, the best in Great Alliance trophies went to people mm-hmm. outside of the podium. Um, I know there is some topic topical discussion about that. I've had a personal experience in the past where um, I won an event and didn't win best order. And I was a bit shitty at the time about it, but I got over <laughs> it because I won the event. Um so I know people do have different opinions on this, but we did it because we didn't want everyone to win 
or the same few people to win um, all the sweet awards we had. We wanted to saturate the market a bit. So, and I think that was appreciated by the players, to be honest. Um, well, I hope it was anyway. No one's bitch at me about it. So, nah, yeah. I think I think it's the way to do it. Uh, coming in at uh-huh. number five was Mitch Hardy, the bitch party, running a Skaven, and he picked up best chaos, uh, going four and one as well. So the whole top ten is all four and ones. Yep. Yep, there was no double ups, which was awesome. There was no, sorry, there was no, uh, there was only one five and zero player, which was James. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean by double ups. So yeah, Mitch bit Bo in ah, the first round right. and that's ended really Bo's streak. And then, yeah, yeah. So Mitch, um, yeah, bit Bo, and then Liam bit Mitch. <laughs> so a lot of these guys played each other. So yeah. So well done, Mitch. Top five. Got to be stoked with that, bro. And I know he is. Uh, moving on down, we've got Tim Lind, the godfather of New Zealand AOS, coming back for a big tournament, pulls in sixth place with Nagash, and he picked up best death, which I'm sure he's like absolutely over the moon with. Uh, yeah, he smashed it. I don't think he's been playing many games, but he come in and he um, he showed everyone he's still got it, which is sick. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if he has played many games as well, but his sparring partner is James, yeah, the guy who won the event. So I guess when you're playing the Freak, maybe a couple of times a month, I don't know how often they play. There's a lot of fairy hammer that goes on between them two. So, I mean, Tim's never been a bad player. Um, he's, I think he took this event more seriously than he's taken previous ones. And I think that shows in his results. Because Tim always yeah, used to finish really well. And then I think he was just sort of like, Fuck, I'll TO and I'll play if I have to. And he didn't really care. But, I mean, 4 and 1 did a great job. I feel like Tim's um, always gone easy when he's, when he's TO. Good doing well. And yeah. especially with Nagash as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, the last bro. person that wants yeah. to win the event when he's TOing. He doesn't even enter in the painting composition if he's TOing. So it's good to see Timmy coming out and getting to play the game in its full extent like that. Yeah. Well done, Timmy. Uh, and up at number seven, we have Trey. So Trey's a new player to the scene, and he was playing Fire Slayers. Uh, and he killed it. Killed it for his first big two-day tournament. So he's definitely coming on the scene with a bang, Mr. Trey. Uh, number eight, we've got... No, you're sweet, yeah, right, bro. I'm, <laughs> <in. laughs> I'm just realizing we've fallen into this order of you're reading out who came where, and I just give... The color commentary <laughs> of that person. Um, so, so Trey, um, Trey's a young lad as well, and by young I mean he's like eighteen. And his dad was there watching him um, the starts of each day, which I thought was quite awesome because his dad obviously looked pretty chuffed that his um, that his son and Warhammer was, was doing as well as he was, and he did. He Trey, from what I understand. Um, Smashed it the whole way until game five until we ran into James Page and then from what I understand he might have got smashed. But yeah, he, he went four and one. He didn't get all the secondaries. But I think he got the most kill points at eight thousand nine hundred and eighty. Yeah, Fire swing, man. And yeah. I watched one of his games for maybe five or ten minutes and it just looked demoralizing, eh? Just the wall of oh, I don't know idea. Was it half guard. Guys with two up and then a four up or whatever. I was just like, fuck that noise. But no, good job, Trey. Um, first 
major competitive tournament, I guess, and seventh, totally. man, I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, although it is pretty harsh playing on table one for the win at a tournament, um, you know, being ranked one or two, and then falling as far yeah. as um, it's the seventh, but still top 20% of the event. Uh, so number eight, we've got Charles Black playing Skaven. Uh, I think he's dropped a game there, but yeah, so his strength schedule is pretty good. Yep, yeah, he's he went four and one. Uh, Charles did well from what I understand, and he um, it was good good of him to come over as well and take a punt. And the tournament was pretty small at the time, but no, Charles came over, brought a not fucking around scavenless four and one, um, and I think he's dropped a secondary or two. Yeah. Oh no, he got a minor one. Well. I think it was a real Sorry, tight game. A, yeah. Yeah, he. That's right. I was there at the table and they were adding up the points. I was, I'm trying to figure out who got what secondaries, but I think because he got a minor, that's why he's in, um toward the lower end of the four and ones. And his strength of schedule is pretty comparable to everyone else in the top ten as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so nine, we've got Nick Harris, um, coming in with Blades of Corn. So he had Scarbrand in his list, so he was automatically like one of my favorite people there. Um, yeah, but did. somehow got by far the lowest amount of kill points in the top 10, um, 4,580. So maybe going a little bit less aggressive with old Scarbrando. But um, yeah, he smashed it. Not typically a big AOS player, but um, the Aussie, the Auckland boys, sorry, they come down and they... Um, they showed everyone they still know how to play the game, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Nick finishing nine for a guy who doesn't play a whole lot of AOS. Uh, went four and one and got unstuck by Liam's uh, Gristle Gore. Uh, I think it was a bit of a stink way to end the tournament. Um, no. I don't think he was no. overly familiar with the army, but um, it was uh, he, he was riding high, I know that much, after doing far better than he thought he would be doing. Um, and I think he was starting to dare to dream a little there, and then he just got smashed by, by dragons, which was a bit shit. But it is what it is. He's got a combat army. His, the other army does better combat than he does. He got double turned. Um, and I think Nick was in a bit of a daze by the end of day two as well. Oh, gee, excuse me. After a couple of big days of drinking with us. Um, and also just honorable mention to Finn as well, who is another Auckland lad who doesn't play a whole lot of AOS. Uh, Finn's main game is, is 40k and he finished 12th. He was the second highest 3 and 2 player. So, definitely what you said about the Auckland guys still knowing how to play. That was, yeah, they've done good. They've done real good. Uh, and then number 10, he's like basically a folk hero at this point, Mr. Jacques Smith, uh, with his Iron Jaws coming in as the bottom of the 4 and 1s. So, Jacques killed it. Going that well with Iron Jaws is. Uh, something to be said especially outing old i think the favorite to win with the iron jaws matt watkinson um by quite a few places so maybe maybe he's got some tricks up his sleeve with those arrow boys he slipped in there yeah definitely my money on the iron jaws players because yeah. we had four or five of them i think was on matt watkinson take it out because i think matt is and nothing against Jux. Um, I think Matt is possibly the better player. I haven't played Jux, so I don't know. I play Matt all the time. So 
I know Matt's a good player. And I think Matt just had the better Iron Jewels list as well. I don't know if they played each other, but um, that doesn't matter because Jarks finished above Matt. So well done, Jarks. You should come to more events, mate. It's good to see you with your yellow, yellow Iron Jewels when you're out there. And yeah, you're definitely. Events and you're doing solid. Four and one, best destruction as well. Um, best destruction yeah, by eight Killed places it. or so. So good on you, mate. It's done it as best no, destruction. No, no. They placed no 30 way. out of 40. So that was Absolutely really cool. smashed it. Yeah. So, results. Oh, well, that's <laughs> gaming results. Okay. Yeah. I guess we should go into the other results. Uh, so, painting. So, the two overall painting awards. So, we had judges vote, which uh, Sean talked about before. Was I think we should go into vote. it. So, the judges um, vote, we, we had uh, three three judges, and they put in their, their judging votes. Uh, four judges, sorry. Four judges. And they put in their judging votes before uh, before we did any. And now Matt and Sloan both come in with the first and a third each and a middle. Um, yeah. Two and firsts then and two thirds each. Bo come in and then yeah, Bo four got second four places. Second so, places. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> between those block. three it was like, <laughs> oh man, we're actually gonna have to fucking try and step in here and pick one. Um, which is an absolute nightmare. But it was actually really cool to see that it was that close between um, Matt, Sloan, and Bo. Um, yeah, so let's actually let's just quickly talk about how yeah. we shortlisted the armies because I think we're a little pissed when this happened. And this was a little bit of a bachelor moment or whatever the fucking show's called, where we had we had a pack of... Um, uh, I think we had nine brushes what, and we, we gave like eight, out eight. Yeah. Army painted brushes or something? Nine brushes? Yeah, and and we walked around, and me and you walked around individually saying, what armies are we going to shortlist? So we all went and had a look at the armies of round three, and we came back with a list and um, that we agreed upon, and we shortlisted them. And then we walked around, and you were giving out these paintbrushes to people, <laughs> like they were fucking roses on some reality TV show, being like, hey, Tim Lin, I fucking love you. Have a paintbrush and set your army up afterwards. And we might have been a little bit jolly at this oh, point, but I think the players enjoyed it. And it was quite fun. So we sh- so we shortlisted yeah. eight or nine yeah, armies, eight armies, I believe it was, is what you said. And and the judges marked all of these armies, and um, essentially all four of them came back with the same feedback, that there was three exceptional armies, and there was one sort of on the cusp army, and then the other four just didn't live up to the standard of the, of the aforementioned four armies. Um, and that's not a slight against anyone. It was just that all all four judges, independent of each other, all absolutely agreed that um, Bo's army, Sloan's army, and Matt Watkinson's army were head and shoulders above the rest, and that um, Mitch's army got an honourable mention, and then none of the other armies got a um, not a look, but they didn't they weren't um, praised as highly as uh, those first four armies mentioned. They were all ranked, but um, the rest were, yeah, mm. non-consequential, I guess. So it was super tight, super tight. Um, so Sloan led up winning the judges vote award and the players vote award went to Matt Watkins. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Matty. Fuck. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Didn't do that on purpose. Uh, so the players voted had 50 or so votes because we had some um, some other people in the hall, some spouses, 
some people who were their mates just watching on who voted. And I believe Matt got Reagan 10 popped votes in with from the players' vote. Six, I think. Uh, yeah. Reagan got six. Yeah, I believe it was six off the top of my head. And then I think Sloan got four or five. And then there was a bunch of people sort of on four and fives. Uh, Ryan was another one. They got a lot of love. Uh, Tim got a lot of love. Who Those armies were shortlisted as well. Um, Mitch got a couple. I think uh, Jacques got a couple. God, I can't remember everyone's names. I'm so sorry. Clint got a couple from Heralds of War. Uh, Charlie, with his Tomb Kings, got a couple too. And then there was just a bunch of um, sort of random individual ones. Uh, so I guess in short, the play, um, the players' vote sort of equalized and tie broke the judges vote for us which was good um because both those guys had the exact same score on judges vote um yeah and then the individual categories so Brett won the open category with his Nagash which I did a little Twitter video of and some Twitter pictures that people have probably seen by now because it's it's been by far (laughs) my most popular tweet ever so thanks Brett for letting me live in your limelight it's uh, so that was cool. Really cool. Yeah. It's a Nagash fighting off a bunch of Stormcast. Um, and he's using, I believe, the theme around it. I was meant to interview Brett about this, but I've been so fucking slack. Um, I believe the theme around it was him casting all I those different spells. Didn't, right? I just you talked to gawped about at it. it. I didn't actually dive deep into it. Um, but yeah, it was like cutting one and a half. And he's got like a shield up in front of another one, and there's like soul sucking one of them, and there's like bits and pieces flying everywhere and gore and fucked up stormcast, which is always a plus. Yeah. Um, and he's on his feet. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's um, not walking around, so it's yeah, it's fucking awesome. He's, it's real cool. And there's spirit hosts spinning around the base, like yeah. he's put heaps of effort into it, and you can tell. Yeah, he's got this little force field going on with an arrow coming into it, and then the force field's like. I don't know how to describe it. Something hits an invisible force field, and then the force field like ripples around, like, like imagine Nagash is like in Wakanda, and the like <laughs> Avengers aliens or I don't know what the fuck. It's it's a force field. Use your imagination. I'm not creative. Um, so he won the best open <laughs> category, and then we had hero category went to Bose Voltanus. Is that correct? Voltanus. Voltanus. Yep, my bad. Yep. Um, that was. Immaculate and um, real tidy. Bo was really chuffed with that because he said it was by far and away the best piece that he did on it. Yeah. Um, the addition to Bo's bases that he was talking about in the painter spotlight, where he had like transitioned it from like an ethereal sea to like a corporeal, is that what it's called? Like being. So there was like fish that were half ghost, half like full bodied and all the ocean floor was like that too. And he'd pulled it off and it looked fucking awesome. And it really helped him take out that best hero spot because it was pretty hotly contested. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a beautiful piece. I'm just trying to remember it off the top of my head. I'm just trying to search for pictures while you're talking. But, um, <laughs> so um, yeah. on to best unit, we had Matt Watkinson and his brutes. Uh, so I know they're his favorite unit and it was... I think that was the hardest one to um, to judge that one between uh, between two units there, but the Brutes ended up taking it. There was just absolutely nothing out of place on them. The checkers were all perfect. Uh, 
there's no spot or anything like you tip them upside down look under them pick them up spin them around and they'll just all mint yeah so maddie absolutely smashed it with yeah them. yeah he's done his the bags and so on he's, he's not just like he keeps highlighting the whole way around uh which was which is pretty awesome they were they're they're a good looking unit that's for sure and actually all these all the categories were hotly contested i think probably the easiest one personally for me to vote on was the Nagash because it, uh, it just popped because it was something completely different and in my mind that's sort of what that open category was for um, but yeah yeah. otherwise there were very not much in it and then the monster category was it? went to yeah. Sloan and his yeah. Iron Jaws cabbage I think he had the Spyro one in that one the spyro cabbage was it? No, so Maddie had the blue cabbage, and yeah, Sloan and then had, Sloan the, had two cabbages yeah, on yeah, the table. He had the the purple one yeah. and like the classic green one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can't remember which it one was it was, but one. yeah, yeah, he took it out with his cabbage, one. and it was Immaculate. real, real nice. Yeah his, yeah, his whole army's good. Like what what one of the judges said is that every every model in his army is painted to a hero detail level. Um, I believe was his words or along those lines and it was just yeah immaculate and they are but oh, there was no bad models in any of those categories or anything of the sort so that was that was awesome so that was the six awards that we had for painting um, the two overalls and then the four subcategories might do some more next year we'll have a look we're not too sure yet uh, where to from here sports uh, sports, yeah. yeah. So, so, do you remember who? Best sport taking out the GC Cup was Rohan. So, Rohan's new to the scene and he come in with bang, obviously. He's, I've played him once and he was a massive good cunt and no surprise he got the cup. Yeah, that's why he got the good cunt cup. That's what GC stands for <laughs> if you don't know. Good cunt. Um, I, I, I know in some areas that might be offensive of some sort, like you're listening in the States or whatever, but um, we use cunt a lot in our slang in New Zealand and um, quite often it's referred to. As, and you're not mates if you don't call them Yeah, cunt. yeah. Like, oh, this cunt, you know. Um, you know, it's normally like a good thing. Um, it's, it's not <laughs> often said in a negative way. Anyway, so yeah, if you're a good cunt, if you got in the beer or something like that, so it's all good. And then we had runner-up sports because given that we had Almost 50 players we figured would have um, two sports awards. And the runner-up was actually tied. So Rohan, I believe, got five votes, four votes? Yeah, I think he got I think he got five votes. So he got, I think it was three firsts and two seconds. Yeah, he got about... Um, so he, he got five out of five, really. Got about as many votes as he could get. And then... Yeah. Um, and then we had a, a draw for second place as well, who yeah. a similar sort of uh, similar sort of scenario. I think they were both on four. Yeah, yeah, I think they both had four total votes. It was just a sort of one. I think they both had three first place and one second place. I can't actually remember. Um, that was Charlie Lloyd. Was that correct? Correct. Returning to the scene, yeah. Charlie Lloyd, old fantasy player. Yeah, was Tomb Kings. That was the first time I met Charlie. That was great. And then we had. Eli, was it? I can't remember Eli's last name. Eli here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Charlie and Eli were tied. 
and the way we split them up was whoever placed best um, took the the runner-up trophy and then we obviously had something lying around for Eli so we gave him a bit of a prize as well um, because yeah tying on four out of five votes is something to um, acknowledge something to be proud of so definitely have to get him up on stage and congratulate him for that yeah yeah and Eli doesn't do a whole lot of tournaments from what I understand I've played him a few times plays sort of locally in gaming clubs and shit like that and he um he actually was going to be a spear player and then he decided that the event was too good to possibly be a spear player at so he wanted to play full-time because he didn't want to miss out um and he decided that he would play full-time so that was that was awesome of eli and um i think he had a pretty fun week and i mean he definitely seems like a fun guy to play getting that many sports votes so good on you eli um probably possibly not the fairest way to to decide who gets the second award but i hate the sort of classical dice off you have (laughs) As a guy who's yeah. lost sports like four times on a fucking dice ball. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my bias. So, uh, yeah, but we weren't prepared for that many tied uh, sports. I think we had about, gosh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it must have been 35 to 40 players got sports votes out of 48 players. So yeah, it's a pretty good sporting field. Uh, we didn't have sports scores as well, which seems to be quite topical around the world at the moment. Um, a lot of people saying they need them. A lot of Aussie guys saying they have to have them because there's some dicks at their events. Um, but I, I don't think they were necessary. Like no, I mean I don't didn't, didn't really hear anything. I don't like sports scoring uh, personally uh, because I chipmunked and shit like that. Um, but they've never been an issue for us, and yeah i don't think we've ever really needed them i mean i've definitely heard about some situations after the fact which is annoying because as a to you can't do anything after the fact yeah but for the most part i mean liam and hayden didn't seem to think we need them because they seem to to enjoy their games so yeah um and that was that was sports we had spot prices should we talk about the spot prices uh yeah so we've got two more players here that um that come up and got awards though we got uh the spoon so zane took the spoon out back to back back to back spoon master yeah well done zane um <laughs> and he's already up defending his title for um call to arms the next big tournament around so he takes it well and he obviously loves coming so that's fantastic yeah yeah um i've played against zane and and not notorious because we weren't playing but in the last event before that and he was um he's there for the laughs for the social for the fun and uh, he knows his army that he runs isn't overly competitive, but he's he's more than happy just to get out and have a good time, and he carries himself in a good manner. So, you know, as long as he's having fun, then that's awesome. Yeah. And then Mr. Mediocre, we've said it oh, yeah. a few times now, went to Matt Britton. So absolutely hated coming up on stage and getting that one, I think, but um, oh, yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was probably my favourite award to give out. He'll probably quit Warhammer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Matt Britton has done very well since AOS has been around, um, and that's probably one of his poorest, probably his poorest finish ever, actually. Uh, yeah. So Clint from the Heralds of War was in Warhammer World, uh, or was over at Bobo the week before Notorious, and he picked up some Warhammer World exclusive beer coasters, I believe it was. And he wanted to sponsor an award. So Clint said, 
here's the beer coasters. Therefore, the most mediocre player of the tournament. And I said, what do you want that to be? And he said, whoever finishes dead middle is the most mediocre player. So we just said, okay, that's cool. Um, so thank you, Clint, for passing those on. That was much appreciated. Getting some Warhammer World. Awesome prize. Yeah, some Warhammer. Oh, fuck, excuse me. Warhammer World exclusive swag in our hands. Um, that's that's pretty cool. And I hope Matt enjoys being average as fuck. <laughs> and that was sort of the formal awards that we gave out, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Susan won a thousand bucks. Like, don't forget uh, that. Yeah, fucking Susan. Yeah, congratulations, oh. Susan. Yeah, well done, Susan. That was really rude of you to interrupt us. So, <laughs> what we're what we're talking about is as I was as we were announcing the awards. There's a video of this on the New Zealand Facebook page. It's about ten minutes long. Go for all the awards if you want to look at it. Please feel free to watch it. It's uh, Age of Sigma. It's a closed group, so you have to join Age of Sigma New Zealand community. Um, I'm we're doing the awards. We're announcing them. Somebody's giving out prizes. I'm talking on the sp- on the microphone. For some reason, in the club, um, and it's not like a nightclub. It's just like an old person's RSA sort of club type. There's a PA system that goes throughout the whole fucking venue, and someone was doing like a goddamn meat raffle and fucking like TAP <laughs> raffle and some other shit. And just as I'm trying to announce the awards, uh, Susan wins a thousand dollars, and it like cuts out my microphone and says congratulations to Susan and I'm just like motherfucker I'm trying to get people up on stage <laughs> no you definitely haven't won a thousand dollars but whatever whatever so it was it just added to sort of the feel and the casual and the laugh um, uh, you know the the joy of the event I guess um, what do you want to go to next do you want to talk about sort of, uh, we're sort of all over the place but do you want to talk about days or do you want to talk about spot prizes or what do you want to go bro yeah, yeah we can uh, like Quick, quickly run through run through the days. I guess uh, more, maybe more what we liked about the event and what we think we could improve on, uh, and then maybe we run through spot prizes after that. Yeah, that's yeah, I think running through the structure of the day would just be fucking boring now that I think about it. Yeah, I think so because too. If, you've and if you one... didn't go, you didn't really care. Yeah, exactly. And if you've ever been to one two day tournament, you you kind of get an idea. Like you know, they you play three games on Saturday and you play two games on Sunday and that's really it. Uh, the players turned up early on Saturday morning and helped set up the remaining tables and that was awesome and all got to their tables in time. That's really enough said. Oh, only mention is that on Saturday night, Jono Enzel, friend of the show, Black Comet Radio, check him out. He's got a good podcast. Uh, ran a pub quiz and he got me to drive it on the laptop, which was awesome. <laughs> and Jono could have not set out the pub quiz any best. Like, I couldn't have asked for any more because he was going through questions. He was like, oh, now we're going to go back for the round. And I was thinking, fuck, do I have to go out of this PowerPoint, go back to the start? No, Jono had like 400 slides in this quiz. That was amazing because I was pissed as a fart at the time and could barely right-click as a like, like <laughs> at that point in time. So had he asked me to do anything more than that, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. So Saturday night we had a pub quiz. Do you know how many people stuck around? Oh, there's a good handful. Maybe 20 people. Okay. Probably yeah. half half of us. Yeah. It would have been nicer to see more hang around, but, um, but you know, it was like 7 o'clock at this point, so understandable that people wanted to leave and so on and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we no, didn't have... Smashed it. We had yeah. no idea what he was going to do, and he'd come in with no. that and made it easy for 
half cut Sean's to half cut. do a pub quiz, and it was perfect. Yeah, that was great. It was great. Good on you, Jono. We'll be asking you to do it again next year because he did such a fantastic job. And <laughs> Clint from the Heralds of War really enjoyed it. He sits on a show and he sits on after the fact as well. Um, apparently he's some sort of quiz maestro, so you'll need to up the difficulty because apparently he's only got a handful of questions. So we had a few uh, spot prizes that we gave out just during the rounds. Uh, first thing, and our first one that came up was the first player to get zero kill points in a match. Uh, and that went to Michael Stewart. He managed to do that in the first game uh, of the tournament, so we are kind of wondering if it was going to pop up early, and it sure as hell did, and that man got a box of Enlightened, so that will hopefully help him <laughs> kill some more shit next time. Yeah, yeah, so, brand new Unseal box of Enlightened, or Skyfires, whatever, whatever he wants to make him. Uh, we got him up on stage, asked him if he knew why he won an award, um, he didn't seem to have a clue, but he seemed pretty chuffed that he did in the end, so... <laughs> so yeah, that was, and that's sort of the spirit of the awards that we gave out, were and um, just little things that you wouldn't think to do, and sort of celebrating all sorts of gamers, not just fucking people who are there to win the tournament. Uh, second award. Second award we gave out. I think it was halfway through game three, and that was yep. the player with the most reliable spouse. So ah, the spouse award. I yeah. love this. <laughs> we had um. Yeah. Two partners that stuck around for quite a while, and in game three, I think the other partner shot off. Yeah, and as soon um, as one left, we gave the other one an award. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't think she knew what was going on. She didn't um, have a clue. Pulling her up on the no. stage, she's like, "What the fuck have I done? Why am I in front of yeah. all these people?" Um, yeah, but yeah, they were loving it. Everyone loved it. That was pretty. That was a pretty good one. I think they'll have to stick around, maybe. Yeah. So, guys. We've all got spouses. Well, sorry, not all of us, but the majority of us have spouses. So we're just trying to recognize um, your lady or your man. You know, we've got to keep them happy so we can keep coming back out to tournaments. Um, yeah, so that was that was a bit of fun. That was good, and that was well-received. Um, day three? Started day, day two. two? Yeah, first thing yeah, was yeah. all the players who hadn't won a, a game, we got up on stage. And we gave them an opportunity to bring up three or four of their dice and throw them away because they're fucking garbage and there's obviously nothing wrong with their gameplay um, and give them yeah. some notorious dice. And that was taken pretty well. That was that was cool. Um, fucking Rohan gave us some like terrain dice or something. Uh, yeah, and, and we're not, like, no wonder you fucking weren't doing well, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the GW scenery dice that have like the symbols on them. So... Um, good on Rohan because the only other dice he had was like the Beastman dice, and he was like, "I don't want to give them away." Yeah. So, um, so we got we got a bunch of mismatched crap dice handed in by the players, who very much appreciated it and got behind the spirit of of uh, the prize as well. And then what had happened is we had one player who forgot to bring his dice, so we um gave him uh, we gave myself, dice. Forgot, forgot to bring his <laughs> dice. Everyone else has rejected shit dice and took the good, <laughs> notorious ones back off them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that was that was that was a bit of a laugh. Uh, round so that was started round four. Yeah. Um, round five, you had the most marginal army awarded. Was that yeah. right? Yeah. So they got a K 
can of grey spray paint. That was the Matt Britton sponsored award. Man, this guy's getting mentioned a lot on this podcast yeah. today. You think he won the event or something? Yeah, I reckon. Um, and uh, Zane picked that one up, which was cool. He took it bloody well. And then we had one yeah. more. What was the last one? Shit. We had narrative achievements as well, which we haven't even mentioned. Oh, yeah, the bingo. Yeah, yeah, that which was essentially a bingo. It's just a card which had random fucking things on it to do that people chose to do or people didn't choose to do. Entirely up to them. Bit of fun. Uh, like, have your hero. And they all had sort of quirky names. I can't even remember what they were now. Like, I think it was Highlander, which was like, have your hero kill another hero. Um, oh, fuck. What else yeah. was it? Like, yeah, nah, I think was one of them, which was like, fail a charge by an inch or something. Uh, that's a classic Kiwi saying, yeah, nah, as well, by the way. Um, 10 from the back, I think, was one. Shout out to the old fancy days. It was like, use a range ability or attack, kill someone, one shot, or something like that. Um, so yeah, just a, a bingo card. And Finn was the first to win that. And then Brett won Kerry, one. And Kerry won one. Brett won one. Yeah, Brett won one. So, yeah, yeah. And Kerry and Brett, yeah. Oh, Kerry also got. The Sunday Struggler Award. Ah, oh, that's it. God. Yeah. So oh, Sunday is when you record three weeks after. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Sunday Struggler is typically someone like myself <laughs> who does good on day one and gets their day two and fucks everything up. Um, so Kerry did really well on day one, and then day two come to a bit of a crashing halt, um, and he pulled off the Sunday Struggler Award, which I don't think was due to alcohol. So that's probably a good thing. Cause it, no, to Kerry's credit, it was his um his first tournament, his first time playing, I think it was, in fact. Yeah. And he won his first three games on Saturday and was feeling really good. Flew a little too close to the sun, maybe. I don't know. I have to ask him. And he lost to, I think it was Trey, and then he lost to Tim and did death off at the end. Um, but Kerry had a great time. He said he had a blast, and he's coming to court arms, so that's... I guess that's about as much as you need to know about that. Saying he's going to come again, so obviously enjoyed himself. Um, I don't know if it was the exact one as well, because we sort of just made it up on the fly because we had prizes to give away. And he, I think he was sort of like fourth or fifth overnight. Yeah, man. And I think he was he right was up like there. Or something. So he was, he was, he was in it with a grin, and then he wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, and then we, and then we just did a bunch of random. Um, number generator awards for all the other prizes that were left over as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So they're the ones we'd like to probably something we could do better next time is um grab the ones we've got now and add it add add some more onto them. So the more ones we can make up on the day too are always cool. Um but having some that we don't have to make up on the day is good as well. Uh, and that'll empty that box out a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And that will just that way people can feel good about doing something quirky during the event as well, as opposed to having their number read off at the end of the event and just winning a random prize. Um, awesome. So, sorry, were you going to say something? Bro? No, man. Uh, we could jump into things that we think we could do better next time. Probably a good segue. Yep. So, should we start with positive or should we start with negative, man? Uh, we'll, we'll, start with, we'll start with negative and we'll move on to positive. Okay. So, negative. So, um feedback that we had so i had feedback on the forms for people to, to fill out so um actually this might be a little thing to, to talk about now 
is that we gave everyone who came to the event, probably like any other event that you've been to, or I'd hope most people do these, is that we got a little brown paper bag for everyone. In the brown paper bag, we had uh, your score sheet in there. Uh, so thinking if you went to CanCon, it was a similar sort of thing. Uh, there was a score sheet in there. There was what missions we're playing. There was your secondary cards. There was a pen. There was uh, some dice, some notorious dice for you as well. So some little swag. There was a notorious uh, rangefinder, so a little French six. So some more swag. And then there was something random from Element Games who were kind of, fuck. We didn't even mention sponsors. Nah, we, oh my! We God. can get into it. <laughs> Don't worry. Jesus, I'll, I'll do that afterwards. <laughs> God, um, we to better than we podcast. I swear, guys. I fucking swear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so don't listen to this and go, man, those guys can't even hold it together on the fucking the airwaves. Uh, yeah, so Element Games was kind enough to sponsor us and they sent us a box of literally random goodies like movement trays, green stuff, paintbrushes, uh, basing materials, yeah, hobby tools, basing materials. Um, yeah, just all sorts of shit. Lollies, the little Element Games candy. Um, and so we filled up these little swag bags with stuff that the players needed, being pens and their score sheets. And then we checked on some event swag in there, being dice, measurement sticks, and something from Element Games. So I don't even know how I got... Oh, no, that's right. So on the score sheet, there was a feedback section. And um, and I think we got like four people giving feedback um, that... I mean, a lot of... Sorry, a lot of people gave feedback, but I think there was three or four that were giving us um, critiques, yep. I guess which is, say. Something that we can learn awesome. from, which is what yeah. we're after. I mean, it's it's great for everyone to say they had a great time and they'd definitely come back and blah, 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 and they loved it and point out what worked well, which is good. But generally, when you do these things and you talk to people throughout the weekend, you know what works well and you want to know what didn't yeah. work well. Uh, so we had um, these two that jump off to me um, out of mind, off the plate, I guess you'd say. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, one was on day two. So to start of day two, there was a delay in starting the tournament. Uh, it was about 10 minutes late. So we got into the venue, um, and this is on me. This is something I didn't handle that well, and I don't really have an excuse for it. I don't really believe in excuse making, other than I just fucked it up. So I had entered in a score incorrectly on the laptop on Saturday. It was pointed out to me on Saturday night, uh, the Sunday morning. I corrected it. And then people were, uh, and then I hadn't updated the draw. So people were looking at the incorrect draw. Um, and this caused a delay of 10 minutes yep. or so. And, and the error itself wasn't such like a grievous, but that I didn't tell people what was going on. And I only announced it sort of, I almost, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I forgot to tell people, I guess. Either way, it's on me and it's something that I need to improve yep. on. Uh, um, and yeah, so. There was more than just uh, Sean entering in that one wrong um, thing. Some people got moved around their tables, uh, and that was because oh, yeah. there was a player yeah, um, that I had to pull aside and been one of his games. Um, it was something I really didn't want to have to do um, and something that kind of did... It, it, it really made my Saturday night a bit of a bit of a downer. Um, in my eyes, it was intentional cheating. Um, obviously, Age of Sigma being the way it is, it's very difficult. 
um, to pick if Cheaters somebody perfect Cheaters yeah, game. if somebody is intentionally cheating or not. Um, but the conclusion of it, after pulling all the players involved aside, uh, was that the player played a rule wrong and in his favour on a scenario, and it definitely impacted the outcome of the game. Um, whether or not this player did it intentionally, um, he didn't own up to it. So I can't, I can't bin him. I'm not gonna, not gonna name him. Um, but yeah, so that was partially the reason why ten minutes late on the morning is because Sean was waiting for me to clear up with this player what was happening. Um, and yeah, it's 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 kind of a feel bad, but it sort of sets the tone that hey, you're not gonna come here. Um, think you can pull the wool over the eyes of the other players um, and us neither so yeah we're, we're looking after you guys suck people had to move around but um, yeah I think it's something we definitely had to do yeah yeah, and we added um, we just added 10 minutes onto the round we didn't take that time no. away from people in fact I think we gave them 15 minutes yeah. actually to let people yeah the majority of the draw wasn't affected but i think there was probably a half dozen people that might have had to move or half dozen tables that might have had to move um but yeah sorry i, I lost <laughs> my train of thought now but yeah there was there was a situation on the saturday where a player was caught doing something deliberately against the rules to their favor was questioned about it was not forthcoming about it um, was observed for a period of time doing similar sort of behavior and attitude. And um, as Tub said, we had a discussion about it. And it's not something that any TO wants to do, but you're doing a disservice to the rest of the community if you don't act upon these on these things. Uh, so there was a penalty that was given out, which also affected the draw because that came into effect on the yeah. Sunday morning after there was an opportunity to speak to all parties involved. Um, and and that's about all yeah. around that, I guess. Uh, so, but I could have communicated that to people, not what was going on entirely, but the fact that, you know, people were starting to roll scenery, and I was like, oh, fuck. So I got on the mic and said, sorry, guys, just give us 10 minutes. Apologies for this. Um, but my point is I could have done that sooner as opposed to doing that when it was happening. So that was poor form on my part. Um, first of all, screwing up the drawer, and then second of all, not informing people about it. Uh, the other critique that we had, which is a very valid critique and one that I'm actually <laughs> embarrassed about, both left the hall a couple times over Saturday. Yeah, I'd well. assume it's more Sunday. Uh, we were pretty cool. for, for yeah. reasons. Yeah, for for drinks breaks to order food to go to toilet to go have a cigarette. Um, but basically, we didn't make yeah, sure that. There was one player, uh, one TO in the tournament at all times, which is obviously really <laughs> obvious when you look back at it. Um, but uh, we didn't do it intentionally. We were kind of just like, quick, here's our chance. Let's quickly go and grab a smoke or grab some food um, after maybe we set the players <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something we can't do. So for next time, we won't be doing that. Yeah, it's a thing that happens caught up in the hype i don't know it was not something that will repeat and um and as, as tub says in hindsight it seems laughable and stupid and obvious but at the time <laughs> i don't know 
was going for the head. I didn't hear any feedback about it at the time as well, so I don't know how much of an issue it was. I don't know if people were really looking for critiques, but I never had anyone come up to me on the day saying, "Yeah, like we were both gone at the yeah. same time." It was all um, but either way, that's not an excuse. So I'm hoping that it had minimal impact um, on people's games or rulings or whatever of the sort. Um, and that was it. It was that was that was the two things that we had um, that came back to us critical. I think we had another player say the tables were lower than what <laughs> they liked. Being such a talker, uh, I agree. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, and the guy was like, "I'm really looking to critique you here." So. Your tables were lowered, and, and I'm and they're just standard tables, guys. I don't know what how fucking tall tables are, Tubby. Do you know? No, they were like nine hundred, bro. Wood. Yeah, millimeters. Yeah, yeah, nine hundred centimeters, man. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So three foot for all of our American listeners. Um, I guess that's standard. I don't know for someone of my stature who's like six four. That's a bit of a pain in the ass, but for someone like Tubby, fuck like, off. <laughs> It's not too bad, Um, especially if you're like me and you've got a bit of weight on your frame and especially around your gut and it's sort of pulling you down. But yeah, I would love tables to be higher. I um, actually, I did speak to a club locally who talked about having uh, some beams that they can possibly set up on the tables to extend the height of the tables by bring the tables up by six inches or a foot. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but now that I'm talking about it, I've remembered and I'll follow it up. Um, otherwise, the pos- the feedback we had was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, people loved the space between tables. They loved that there was islands on either side. They loved the venue. That there was food there and there, there was drinks there. Um, they, what else did they love? They loved the screens, um, the fact that they could see at a time whenever they wanted. Uh, they liked that the draws were done easily. Uh, we weren't handing out score sheets at the end of each round saying, go find your table. We just literally put the draw up on the projector and then um, Tubbs and myself would walk around the tables mm-hmm. giving people back their score sheets. So they weren't chasing around. Um, yeah, people enjoyed that. We gave them pens oh, yeah, as well because totally. no one even fucking brings pens. Yeah, the space around the tables was a positive. Um, uh, was I, you, I something something. I heard a lot of best event and yeah. best venue comments, but I'm trying to get a bit more. Something that I really that. liked that we did um, was the uh, slow play, keeping an eye on slow play. So at the bottom of everyone's yeah, well, you, well, the bottom you did of everyone's that. sheet. I had no idea what the fuck you <laughs> were doing. Everyone's sheet. They, um, <laughs> you just they just put what yeah. turn the game got to. Or if their game come to uh, like a natural conclusion, they put turn five as well, um, which meant at the end of turn one, I run around, I think it was seven or eight players, and just said, hey, guys, let's just hurry up. Um, should be able to get your turns in. It's not a dig at you, but just like keep an eye on it. Um, and after that, there was two players for game three. And then game three, they were both newer players. I went over, had a bit of a chat. I was like, hey, if you organize your dice into fives or you... Uh, you know, you don't lose your tape measure. You don't need to like explain every little increment of what you're doing. And um, game four, everyone had finished a game, so um, nobody racked up anything. There's, I didn't hear any talks about slow play um, from a player that's occurred over multiple uh, rounds, which was good. Um, 
and I don't know if me going around telling people to hurry up helped with that, um, but it definitely showed uh, when I was noting it down that people were finishing their games, and that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, we gave people plenty of opportunity to, well, we notified people of what was going on. We had two projectors in the corner, two big screens, which had the time on them. Uh, we were playing two hours, 45 minute rounds. So people were aware of the time. We would make announcements over the microphone uh, with, you know, an hour left, an hour and a half, 30 minutes, 15 minutes sort of thing. Um, and then because at the nature of these things, we have 50, 60, 70 people in the hall, depending on how many onlookers there were, uh, not everyone would also hear the announcement. So we'd also go around the tables when it got closer, you know, to half hour mark and just tell people that they had a half hour and reset the expectation that, that the game needs to finish on even turns. And if it doesn't, then it reverts back to the previous turn. Or if they can sort of bury hammer and work it out amongst themselves, we're more than happy to do that. If they have any questions. Uh, Tubby, yeah. I believe there was one situation yeah, where so you I had, had to a, go a, and make a ruling. A pretty standard, like, they come to, I think it was turn three, and it was a bit like so-and-so, so they called me over, um, and it was Brett and Alex Sinclair. And um, they were at the end of turn three, and it was clear that Brett was going to win, but at the end of turn three, Alex uh, was currently winning. And Brett was sort of like, hey, how do we resolve this? Alex is new as well, so is Brett. And they were like, uh, what do we do here? It's pretty clear that Brett's going to win it. So I played them through the end of the turn, and they said, yeah, that's all cool. I said, are you guys cool to end there? It was going to be a, a draw, so it come down to a minor win. And they said, no, let's, let's push it out. Like, what do you think would happen from there? And I basically theoried it over with both of them and said, hey, what do you guys think about this? Think about this. It's pretty clear that I think this is going to happen and they're going to run away with the points at this stage. And they both went, yeah, yeah. Um, and James, uh, sorry, Alex was looking a little bit, he, he had it and then he didn't have it. I see what he was doing. He was playing hard for the early and then seeing if he could scramble in the end. Um, but I think it was pretty clear that Brett was going to take it. And once we come to the conclusion and Brett got given the major, Brett gave him his Stormcast um, Endless Spells box that he won from the, the bingo. and that was like a pretty cool little moment to see that, hey, like we could come to a conclusion. Uh, it was fair. Alex was happy that it was fair. And then Brett was like, hey, man, appreciate it. Here's, here's my box of stuff that I got that your Stormcast army could do with and my Fek army doesn't care about. Um, and yeah, it was just a cool little like community moment. Yeah, oh, man. I didn't realize yeah, that you gave him that. It's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, pay to win, eh? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's good. I mean, we've had, it's not the first time we've had conversations like that. Um, I mean, I've had a, but a, 95% of my tournament games go five rounds. They finish well before time um, because I'm quite conscious of time in my own games. Um, and it just comes with experience of playing this game and playing at tournaments for quite some time. Uh, so I know other players aren't. Uh, and we have had conversations like that in the past, but you just sort of very hammer it out, I guess is the buzz yeah. term that people previously used. You just have a conversation about, you know, obviously where the game's going. Normally by sort of turn three or four, the game's yeah. declared itself for the most part as well. Like, not often is it always those nail-biter games that you hear about on podcasts or see on YouTube where it could literally go either way or depends on who wins a priority role. 
um, for the most part, it is pretty obvious. So, yeah, that was um, it's good. And I know there was a couple of conversations like that going on as well, um, because not everyone was able to finish five turns all the time, but the majority of it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have any of those questions, yeah. but I wasn't sort of the, the rules judge of the weekend. Was there any other rules questions um, that you had that were kind of made you gave you pause or made you uh, have to think not about overly? Anything, um, I sort of brushed up on the FAQs a couple times over um, before the event, and um, I keep in touch with the game pretty intensely. So um, most of the basic rules I knew without having to check on anything. Um, yeah, a lot of the questions were sequency stuff um, with the corn armies and the fake armies and yeah. the slinish armies. That's, that's the popular um, thing yeah. at the moment. And uh, James had a buzzy one um, where he was in contact with the unit and he wanted to see if he could uh, resummon his guys and tag back into another unit that he wasn't really touching, um, which was a no. Um, but to be honest, there was. All the questions are pretty easy. There was nothing big and janky. I think we're talking about having a prize for like a real janky, awkward fucking TO question. Um, not not to be a downer thing, but just to be like, yeah, we had a laser cunt. Um, <laughs> but it didn't it didn't even come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, and that was exactly we had a laser pointer to give out um, that you know like draws a straight line for like line of sight, and we had it, and it was it was exactly for that yeah. the most fucking jammy rules. There was question. nothing. No, and, I um, really. I really expected the old like. Yeah. I mean, I a- hey Sean, can um can that guy see that guy? And I'm like, man, do I have to get down and have a look down the table? Like, I guess I will, um, but I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, no, it was all pretty. I fielded a couple of questions, and they were all fairly basic as well. Um, nothing over the top. But my suggestion to any TO listening or any uh, TO in the waiting or looking to do an event would be make sure you're across those activation. Um, those activation yep. sequencing and rules because that seems to be the real big fucking talking point at the moment in the game and I think it leads to quite a few yep. feel bad moments and shit like that as well. So make sure you know what's going on, uh who's able to strike first and when and what sort of sub phase yeah. And just brush up on the FAQs. Like some of the stuff they FAQ uh, isn't actually like how you would expect it to work. Um and it just helps just like the last three or four most recent ones that have come out is what I did and um, that just gave you a little bit more confidence because they're the they're the obscure things where questions are normally going to pop up from that you can't easily answer Um, and yeah that gave me a whole lot more confidence going into the event doing that yeah Yeah. and it's just also the nature of new armies as well like you know we had a fire slayers army which had been out and a Slanesh army as well, which yep. had been out, what, a couple of weeks at that point? And the players playing them might have, not intentionally, oh, totally. we've all done this before, played a rule wrong, um, especially with the newer books, before like they've really had a, a chance to go through them too much and so on. Um, yeah. So yeah, you just need to be across sort of what the current hotness is and so on, and check for your meta as well to see what's, what there has been played a lot of. But yeah, so... We've covered off yeah. our sponsors before I forget. <laughs> um, a little mini meltdown before. So sponsors. So we had four sponsors for the event. Thank you very much, sponsors. I will be back in touch with you again next year because you're fucking awesome. And everyone enjoyed their little swag bits or whatever you did. So we had 
Um, locally, we'll start. We had Battle Kiwi. Uh, so we've got our mate up in Taranaki who laser cuts MDMF for us. So he made Order Combat Gauges. He made the Spoon Award. Um, and he made the, the winners, the champion box as well, dice box, which is awesome. So check him out, Battle Kiwi. Uh, we also had Mighty Ape, who is a big retailer here in New Zealand, and they do also retail in Australia. They sent us um, some swag and offered us a discount code as well for anyone who was purchasing on Mighty Ape. They used the notorious code, it's expired now, no point going into it, and you got a discount. We also had Dark Fantastic Mills, who made us the first, second, and third place trophies, as well as the best in Grand Alliance, so seven trophies in total. And they sent over a table of terrain, which we um, I had a couple of questions about some of the terrain as well. So it was good for them to get some exposure to, you know, a half world away. They're based they in were, Scotland, wherever in New Zealand. They were so wicked cool. and Thank you very much, easy Terry. to paint, except for the mushrooms. The mushrooms are quite <laughs> quite hard. I think that's maybe just because um, I yeah. suck at painting a little bit. Um, but I think it all turned out awesome in the end, even with my, like, real lack of hobby skill so um it's probably a good sign that um it's a good product and pretty user friendly yeah i think the mushrooms is something you want to hit with a rattle can yeah. and dry brush okay but i don't know i you did the painting of it so rely rely on the airbrush <laughs> i'm not gonna question it thank you <laughs> yeah yeah the airbrush it was um and then lastly we had uh the aforementioned element games so thanks again element games thank you byron.co.uk um you're awesome and we very much appreciated you showing us some love out here because god knows we should use some love as well throughout the new zealand community <laughs> yeah so we've gone over questions uh we didn't really cover off sort of the structure because yeah. you've been as you said you've been in one you've been in all sort of thing uh the venue was awesome up at fuzzy club uh pros hand, and cons. the Anything hand dryers the hand dryers were fantastic been, hand dryers were good yep Oh, yeah. Rob, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, but the hand dryers were those Dyson ones where you're like, you put your hands in and it blows your fucking skin off. So they're like, you know, down below you, sort of just below your dick height, depending on how tall you are. If you're like me, it's nowhere near it. If you like tubs, it's in above it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you put your hands in and it sort of, yeah. And it's Whoever sort of, makes I bring me this little Sean, be like, big Sean you a midget. I'm like, going no, up. it's just a dickhead. <laughs> ah, you're a little pocket rocket is what you are my friend you're wider than you are tall but in a good way <laughs> yeah hand dryers 10 out of 10 um, nothing else to touch on I was pumped with most things we did there's just those obvious like couple of things that we could definitely clean up and do better next time but um, all in all I think we I think we smashed it I think everyone yep. was pretty fucking happy yeah I was super happy with how it went I was so I was exhausted yep. by the end of the weekend, but I was so eager to play some Warhammer after watching all our mates play, have a great time. You know, 48 people we had in total um, to play. It was it was really good atmosphere. I, I don't think there was any negative people there. I don't think there was any overly contentious moments that I'm aware of yep. anyway, um, other than sort of what we've already addressed. And it's... Everyone had fun. Yeah, I, I I look forward to doing it again. Hopefully make it a bit bigger. Hopefully deliver a better product. Um, hopefully get the community 
re-energize to come out to events again because in New Zealand we had a bit of a hot run and then we sort of slowed down but I'm really hoping that the community gets out to the next few events and and a show of support and you know enforce um the Aussies loved it hoping to have more Aussies back next year uh hoping to get some people from the fucking South (laughs) Island to travel I don't know if you Christchurch cunts listen to this podcast but do we'll buy you a beer come say hi we're not scary yeah I'm I'm more excited <laughs> yeah I'm more excited in person than my voice <laughs> over the internet suggests but fucking hell <laughs> we'll, yeah well I I if think not, Masters we'll will be the kicker hopefully that's the that's the sort then. of joining point there because hopefully it's a good handful of North Islanders and a good handful of South Islanders all coming together and being like hey we're all the same bunch of cunts let's travel around and hang out and go to one big tournament in each each side of the island or a couple of big tournaments on each side of the island every year. Um, that'd be that'd be awesome. And then we could really start um, cracking those numbers up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't want to seem like I'm throwing shade from an island away because I, I haven't met any of the grassroots lads, so I don't sort of know. So this is just my observation from afar. And if I'm wrong, please tell me. Um, as in, like, anyone from Christchurch, please reach out and let me know. Um, I've spoken to Ben a couple of times though, so he is, from what I see, he's like the head Christchurch guy who wins all the events. Um, but anyway, I think they're going through sort of what we went through a few years yeah. back, whereas they've really had a growth period in the last like eighteen months. And I don't know if the idea of traveling around the country to tournaments is something first of all, or something that appeals to them, or something that's sort of seemed normal to them, because when people first sort of talking to me about traveling out of Wellington for events, I was like, fucking losers. Like, why would I do that? You know, I, I enjoy this hobby, but I'm not that fucking nerdy. And then look at me three years later, you know, I've done a trip to Australia for an event. I'm doing another one later this year. You know, I'll be going to Australia twice in six months to do it. That's international. I've gone I to think it's important events, too, because to we saw that we, we really grew as a community. I don't and know. And then we really lulled out, um, I think, when people got sort of comfy uh, where they were and sort of we're like, hey, we've grown heaps now. Do we need to keep traveling around? And we sort of almost shrunk for a second. Um, and I think after seeing how quickly CTA is boosted up, um, it's a pretty good indication that like people are starting to rally back around and wanting to travel and um, get it, getting getting excited for the game again to grow the community again, which. Um, I'd hope the the uh, the South Island guys don't go that way, and I hope they start travelling, um, and we'll start travelling down there. So we keep that keep that momentum going, and not sort of lulling out like we did um, about a year ago. So that'd be really cool. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean that was one of the, one of the goals of Notorious was to sort of re-excite the community and get people engaged and get people travelling again and so on and so forth. So um, I think you're right. I think it. I think as yeah. soon as we go down in force, you know, with more than like two people and get to meet the lads and socialize with them and have a yarn to them and put yeah. face names to faces. Um, I think they'll start traveling. That's that's my belief from afar yeah. anyway. Without yeah, well, the more, the more people that go down, the more people them. that are going to get along with different people. There's going to be, could just be talking it's going to be the shit. piss drinkers and there's going to be the like hardcore guys and there's going to be the quieter guys, but all in all, people are going to make new friends down the South Island, and they're going to travel, and then we're going to travel back, and um, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. We've just got to get it started. Yep. 
that's that's exactly it, my friend. Um, <laughs> shit, I can't even remember what I was talking about before Christchurch. <laughs> I, I guess this is a good chance to go into. Oh, totally. Um, oh, we'll talk about the New Zealand rankings quickly because we haven't done that in a while. So nothing, nothing specific, but the New Zealand rankings after Notorious had some new people added to it. Obviously, the Australians. Um, and also some people were new to the scene, but we'll quickly just run through the top 10 people that are currently ranked. So if you don't know how the rankings work, as they count towards Masters, that's sort of the goal of it, as you get into Masters. Top 20, get an invite to Masters, trickles down from there for people with decline. Uh, it counts your free best tournament results. Uh, you get 100 points if a tournament has over 20 players and you win it. Uh, so... We'll go through the top 10. So we've got Bo Patterson, who we were speaking about earlier, came fourth, is currently ranked number one. Then we've got Ben Rose from Christchurch, is ranked number two. Mitch Hardy is up there at number three. Uh, Richard Punt. <laughs> Sorry, his, his name. Um, <laughs> Christ. Yeah, it, it rhymes with something. Um, <laughs> is ranked number four. I don't know where Richard's from. So sorry, I assume Christchurch. Um, sorry if that took events at that Richard. My, my last name's Bates, mate, so like I get all the shit. Uh then, <laughs> then we got Maddie Watkinson at number five. Uh we got Robbie Brown at six, who I also assume from Christchurch. Uh Robert Vincent, who I don't know where he's from. Uh possibly Christchurch at number seven. Then we got Aiden Nickel at number eight. We got Chris French at number nine and we got Matt Grace at number ten. So assuming those lads are from Christchurch, which is a very broad assumption, we've got about half of the top ten currently located yeah from the south island at least yeah. well I, I i feel like we know the names pretty well around um around the now, north island just yeah. not so much the south island yeah and for anyone who, who cares i'm ranked number 15 i only played three events what am i i, I think the aussies are probably higher than me right now yeah, you've already got two events bro you're 25 i'm 45 tasty yeah, yeah. so now you're higher than them because you have over 100 points but um the tournament season in New Zealand has been slow for the start of the year, that's for sure. Um, it's all good. Yeah. We've got cold arms coming up on... Shit, should have had this information at the ready. The 3rd and 4th of August, first weekend of August in Wellington. Traditionally, cold arms has been a decent size. And from what I understand, following the tourist tickets or registration went up, and they were at 31 players within a few days, and it caps out at 40 because Court Arms is one of these club events we've spoken about on the podcast before, so there's only a limited space for about 40 tables, 40 players, I think. Jono, Matt, if that's wrong, I'm so fucking sorry. Um, I've just put it out on the airwaves, and Jono got your <laughs> podcast to correct me. So, so yeah. Jono and Matt are running it, though, so that's that'll be bloody good. Yeah. You've got yeah. some great admin from Jono. He's really organized dude and some great TO ruling from um, Maddie being around in the scene for a long time and a long time hobbyist. So yep. should be a bloody good pulled arms. Yeah, looking very much looking forward to it. It'll be first tournament I play in fuck for like three or four months. Yeah, man, so, totally. Yeah, still playing games in between, <laughs> but God, it's been a while between innings. Um I guess that's a good little opportunity before we wrap it up to talk about possibly what we're excited about at the moment, bro. Or yeah, what, man, totally. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was keen to ask what you're up to. Um, what's what's your plans for this year? Pre GHB, but what are you what are you looking at? 
Yeah, that's about? really it. That's, that's the elephant in the room is <clears throat> I'm waiting for the GHB leaks to come out so I can start purchasing stuff again because I haven't for a couple of months. But at the moment, I'm playing with my Stormcast. As always, I'm really keen to start a new army. Um, and the contrast paints that are coming out, I haven't seen them in the in the flesh yet. Make it really attractive for me to do so because I'm a slow painter and builder of armies. So there's always been that barrier for me to get into a new army. Um, if I had the resources to outsource um, building and painting of armies as I as I wanted to, as often as I wanted to, I'd probably have like seven or eight armies. But because this hobby has like a natural slow grow sort of rate to it, um, I only have the Stormcast. So the contrast paints, I think, are going to fill that void to some extent where I can smash it with a rattle can uh, with the special GW one and then start, you know, putting on coats and then touching up details. So I think I'm going to, I'm looking for a new army this year. Been looking for a while, waiting for the GHB to come out. I'm thinking corn at the moment. Quite like the idea of corn. Um, however, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Just my birthday. Just give a week. Just give me mine a run. Come yeah, chop it down. Yeah, Write a list. Back. I've got fucking way too many points of corn. So just give me the scar room. Just give you the scar I don't know why people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people aren't talking. About Neither it. do I. Loki, good. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Loki. actually yeah. sneakily fucking amazing. Yeah, Paige was talking about him the other night. It was quite funny, actually. Oh, really? Like, oh, he could do 16 mortal wounds. And I was like, he doubled that, bro. Yeah, man. He was like, yeah, he can do more than that. Too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, makes makes the two guys look like a pussycat. That's what Scarbrand does. Yeah, as long as he gets the fight first, it is. But there's just one model in a range. I just like the idea of pushing around monsters, because Stormcast don't really have monsters other than Star Drake. And that's like 300 bucks here in New Zealand. Um. <laughs> Which isn't relevant because not that I'd buy it in New Zealand probably. So <laughs> yeah. Uh so I'm currently I've got a shoot cast list at the moment. I think it's probably one of the better stormcast lists I've come up with, which I've played a few games with and I've done pretty well. Um I'll be looking to take that to call to arms, assuming it survives the GHB. I think it will. So that's really it. It's just like I'm waiting for the GHB to sort of come out so we can start planning what we can do because then we've got probably about a month or so before Call to Arms following the GHB. So it should be enough time. I've got enough Stormcast lying around painted but essentially it's a it's an anvil's list with a bunch of long strikes and a bunch of um, judicators and a bunch of skanks and I think it's probably one of the sort of strongest three or four competitive Stormcast lists you can play. Yeah, It's coming back like, to that whole thing it's like are you what are you the best at Pretty fucking yeah. up there at top two when it comes to shooting. Like, I yeah. think that's the way you do it. Yeah, I'd say it's um, Skaven and Stormcast have the best shooting, mm-hmm. and I think you can sort of toss a coin, and I think Skaven might edge you out because they have all like the cheap magic support as well, which gets thrown at you from like twenty six inches yeah. or thirty three inches or whatever the vortex is at. So I think that's sort of. Um, slightly X you out, but I mean, Stormcast. I think you have was it? What did I say? Three or four lists. You've got a shootcast list like I've yep. got. You've got the Gav Bomb, yep. which does one thing. But if you come across someone that makes you fight last, or if it, yeah, anything that fucks with your activation, the list is useless. Yep. Like quite seriously, you can drop t- as many secretives from the sky as you want, 
or you can drop as many evocators from the sky as you want, make them charge 15 inches. That's cool. But if you come up against the Nish, who's just like fucking tickling your balls and making your fight last, or you come across Feck, who don't give a fuck and just go first anyway, or Corn, or like Sylvanef, or Fire Slayers, or any other fucking army that can do it these days, then you're pretty stuck. And also, once that army's on the board, it's really slow. Yeah. Um, I think it's a uh, Star Drake list like as well. Yeah, I think there's a Star Drake Secretor Staunch Defender list, which is pretty swag. Yeah. With a little bit of range, and I I wrote a a six cat like five drop tempest lord, um, or god astral templar list as well, which I think is a solid list because uh, it's got cleansing phalanx and it's got bodies, it's got no range, and it's got quite a few spells, and it's got some endless spells. Yeah, and it's low enough drops where you should probably maybe sixty percent of the time get to dictate who goes first. But it's it's like a mid table bully list where you want it. You the want cats will come across the board. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it will, I think it will beat up mid table lists. You know, I don't even know if Iron Jaws is mid table, but lists like that. But again, as soon as anyone makes you fight second, or like starts debuffing you, or if you whiff on your attacks, um, you just get pummeled, and uh, and you'll beat, you'll win two or three games and. At the tournament at the start, and then you'll come up against real hard lists, and you'll start well top lists, and you'll start getting stuck. Yeah, and then you might win sort of game five. So I think it doesn't have the attrition to win five games throughout the tournament. Whereas the shoot cast list I have, I think probably four and one would be like the standard, yeah. and five and zero oh, if you play quite well, because not a lot of people have. It just dicks you at range. Yeah, so. yeah. I think um you've just got to look outside of the box now, Stormcast, because they don't. They don't have the latest cutting edge shit anymore, but uh, nah. there's definitely ways in there to play against the meta to fight these top armies. But it's like you have such big range, like don't get tunnel vision on what you've played for the last three years. You know, just grab something random, see if it works in a list. Don't just play hammers of sigma. Um, don't just play ambles. Like, look around, see what you can do, and see if it works. And I think that's the that's the key to why the stormcast list has slowed down. Is because people were um, being sheep, in my opinion. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, bro. I mean, like the gav is just so low hanging fruit, and it's so new player yep. friendly. As and well. that just doesn't work anymore. Um, it's it's all over. Nah, nah. It, you're right. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, you just the sad thing is it's a book with the most range. Yeah. But really all you see is what you see is gav bombs and yeah. hammers. Or you see uh shooting lists with anvils. Or you see a Star Drake. Yeah, yeah. Or you see a Star Drake with Staunch Defender. And that's about it. There's like, you know, eight storm hosts and you don't even see any of the other ones. Um But shit, it is what it is. I guess that's the issue of having too much selection and possibly just, as you said, being sheep and just following whatever people yeah. are doing. So I think Stormcast in a real interesting place because they have the range and they have lots of tools, but they're also very expensive in the current meta points-wise. They're, they're old enough they, to abuse command points still while being new enough to generate enough command points. That's um, 
that's something that I've definitely noticed looking at the Stormcast book. The, these newer armies can't yeah. spam command abilities, but Stormcast still can. But these newer armies generate more CP, but Stormcast still have um, Storm hosts, which generate CP. So I think there's definitely something yeah. in there. It's I, I know it's abusive, um, and it's probably like a little bit janky, but when your book starts to get a little bit older, like you, you do have to do it if you want to go and compete with the big bad boys that are coming out on these new books. Cause there's, there's an obvious power creep there. And to fight the power creep, you've got to come up with your own little cool stuff. And it feels cool when you write a cool out of it list like that. And you find a little, a little cool combo that nobody's really been doing and nobody's ready for. Yeah. Like, I think we spoke about it one night when we were drinking and then I ran it a couple of weeks ago, but it was, it was like the Cat's Tempest Lord yeah. list where um, the the ability for Tempest Lords is you roll a dice in your hero phase on a four up to get a command point. The artifact that you have to take as a tax is um, an Aether Quartz yep. brooch. Every time you spend a command point, just five up, take an Aether Quartz brooch as you well. Fit a, you fit a battalion in there. So, and you, so what I had was a five drop phalanx list pretty much. Um, where you start the game with you got a battalion, so you get a CP from that. As soon as the as soon as it becomes your turn, you've got two CP, uh, and then you can roll four up to get three CP. And then every time you spend a CP, you you're rolling two d6 and on five CP in the back. And essentially, you just use the Lord Arcanum on Dracoline's command ability, which is plus one attack on the Dracoline uh, mounts the cats, and you just spam that with Tempest Lords and uh, every time you spend a point, you're rolling two dice, and so you can recycle it. Um, I use it on Mitch, and I think the guy's got like nine extra attacks <laughs> in the second turn or something. It was a bit ridiculous because it just did not stop rolling five up. And just delete something. Um, yeah, and, and then, then you've they got deleted then you've shit. Got damage. Then, you know, like, then you've got double oh, yeah, yeah. damage, and, and it's there. You've just got to. And they're paper as well, and that's the thing. And that's why I think it's a mid table bully because they'll run across the board turn one. Because they move 12, and you can give him a herald and make him run charge. You spend a CP to make him run 6, you roll 2 dice. Oh, look, I got 2 CP now all of a sudden. I know it's not, you know, how odds work, but it does yep. happen. Um, and then you just blow that ability, and you'll delete whatever unit's in front of you if you can fight first. If there's any splashback or pylon when it dies sort of ability, you're a bit fucked because the cats are a bit paper. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's my little Stormcast rant. So I'm playing Shootcast. Um, I'll tell you, lads, more about it once I know it survives the handbook. <laughs> and we'll talk about it a bit more then. But what about you, bro? What are you doing? You sold your flesh eaters because they're I bullshit. I sold my feck. Um, the, the real Why? reason I sold my feck was that they're too easy. They're, um, they don't yep. excite me enough. Like I like combos and playing in the later turns of the game and how feck works is you push a lot of shit forward and you take it off or you get taken off early um every now and then if you come up against another hard a hard as fucking nails list you might make it to the late game we can really see who who's got the skills um but most of the time it just doesn't doesn't happen and it it, it changed from the list that i brought um because obviously i brought it when before they had a book and it was a lot about summoning and board positioning and board control and terror guys were cool but they're a little bit garbage um 
and now it's just it's completely different beast and it doesn't doesn't turn me on at all um so i have gone and brought gits so now i'm playing gloomspite um it'll either be gloomspite or corn i assume after the ghb but gits have got me really excited um the thing that excites me about gits is i think people have been playing them wrong um if you've seen richie from just saiyans uh list that's pretty much the same style that i'm playing um i come up with it before that fucking bobo list come out and then i saw it and i was like you motherfucker you're onto it as well um can't confirm you do <laughs> um but i think Although to be fair, he might have been playing that list for a oh, while. Oh, totally, man, totally, man. And more- I, I know, I know what you think because you come across a list and you're like, "Yeah, this is going to be awesome." And then someone wins, or doesn't win, but yeah. does really well at a very public, high-profile event. Puts and you're it like, under the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but I yeah. think it's uh, when I look at an army, I I say, "What do they do best?" And gets are not the best combat army in the game. None of their units are even top three top five combat units in the game so why the fuck would you play them like that what i think gets do best in the game is they say hey buddy that's cool plan but fuck you um you want to shoot me you can't see me you want to cast magic i'm going to debuff you to the same level as corn debuffs you um i've got super good casting not the best um but it becomes pretty good when i say fuck you to your casting um, I've got movement shenanigans. I've got heaps of bodies on the board. I'm nigs to hit. Got great range. Um, and I think that's how you play it. Um, they can play in the activation wars. They've got fights first stuff. They've got makes you fight last stuff. Um, I think they just have all the tools. And I think if you're not taking all of the tools, you're not playing gits how they're supposed to be played. Um, so yeah, the, the gits list I'm playing is a whole lot of grots with a whole lot of line of block, sight blocking stuff, with a whole lot of casting debuffs, a whole lot of casting, endless spells, um, and shooting, all shooter grots. So all those stabber lovers, I'll, I think um, I think it's a trap. I think everyone's sitting on the stabbers when they should be looking at the shooters too. But we'll have to see and find out. Um, it's worked out pretty well for me so far. But yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be good. You've also got um, late game attrition in that yep. army as well by being able to roll and, a four up. That's if you and can bring roll your units back and bring it up. It's a super yep. powerful ability that, like, you've got to be three inches away from the enemy. Like, you can literally, it, your Lone Shrine placement is so fucking important. It's almost worth, like, setting up, like, a placement, like, for all the different scenarios. Um, because you can put your grots back down and steal an objective back that you would never have been able to get back. Like it's, it's so powerful. I I think it's incredible. The loon shrine ability, if it pops off. Um, and I think Skagrot is also ridiculous. Um, ridiculously good for 220 points. I, I don't feel like he'll get touched in the GHB. And if he does, it'll be minor. Um, I think the thing that will get touched will be, um, the fun guys, the fungoid shamans. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to 100 yeah. or 110 points because at the moment they're ridiculous. Um, for a 90 point two cast wizard that generates CP and has a damage save is pretty 
pretty fucking. It's just pretty pretty good. Cold, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think um, think gits have a lot of potential, and they absolutely rock versus the um, the current top tier armies, the top tier books. Um, even the new ones coming out, like Selenesh. I don't know about Fire Slayers. That might be interesting, but I think you have the the range threat to take off heroes. Um, and once you take off heroes and get those half guards down to a six up after save, um, I think you could probably chew through them or just have enough bodies to to not worry about it too much. Um, just got to play smart and not push your models forwards. But yeah, they're a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Uh, but you still have the ability or the option to deal with that hero. Oh, totally, man. And I think that's I think that's what a lot of people lack in their armies yep. these days is um, how do I. I mean, this is my shooting bias coming into it, but how do you deal with the arcane hiding behind Fiddy mm-hmm. Grimgas? Oh, sorry, um, not Grimgas. What's the good one? Grimgas. Grimgas Reapers. Yeah. The Grimgas Reapers? Yeah, sorry, I was thinking Jane Gas, and for some reason nah. that's what I put in my head. Or how do you deal with Scraggot hiding behind the Loon Shrine yeah. in the corner? Um, or how do you deal with that? Is it Rune yeah, Father? Or yeah. whoever it is for the yeah. five players that gives yeah. the ward save? You know, can you. Can you kill um, it? Yeah, can you reach out and touch him, as I'd like to say, and people give me shit for saying. But reaching out and touching from across the board, affecting them, making them place them in unfavorable positions, especially as we're getting into... We've got so many new books now. What? How many new books? Like eight new yeah. battle times since they always yeah. do or so. And they've all got sort of wholly within rules, and people, I think, are really starting to see now that, you know, it's... Now that there's enough battle time selection out there that people are mainly playing with new armies and they're like, oh fuck, I have to like worry about being Holy Within 12 or Holy Within 15 or whatever it is. Or if you're Skaven, it's Holy Within 26 for whatever <laughs> fucking reason, I don't know. Um, it's just so stupid. But yeah, it's it's a game on micromanagement Age of Sigma, it really is. Um, and the fact that you do have a solution to deal with all those top armies, like you said, whether it be through debuffs or just attrition of bodies or you know, TP spam or magical debuffing or possible combat or range punches that you do have. Um, it's like what my army lacks is that if I have to get into combat for whatever reason and fight something, I really can't um, with my with my range list. That's the glaring weakness. Oh, and it's got fuck all magic in it as well. But it sounds like you've stumbled across quite a sort of balanced, well-rounded list, which would be pretty interesting yeah. to see. It's- how it goes come yeah, called on. It's very but... like out the norm for me as well. It's not a like fast combat army. Like it it plays yeah. every phase of the game. Like your core. Yeah, all the feck or the like anything that I've played has always been like fast combat, worry about your positioning and one phase of the game. But now it's three phases and it's actually really ni- really nice being able to kill heroes and bits and pieces from range or a unit you don't want to tackle and you can still ping some damage on it you know um but yeah it takes a lot of learning and that's that's fun for me i enjoy that yeah well luckily you play games like yeah. every other day or have them on tap anyway um it's nice <laughs> <laughs> wish, wish i could play every other day he says i still i'm still playing like twice a week or once a week at yeah. least which is good but i would like to play you know more and I think that sort of reflects in your results as well is your frequency of play directly impacts how well oh, you do at these events yeah. and so on. 
Um, and I think that's what a lot of people at Notorious saw as well. They saw armies because it was 48 players, and on average we may have like 20 players at a tournament in this country. Um, there was a lot of shit there that people were seeing for the first time, or armies they were seeing that they'd seen before, but different combos. Um, again, like the low hanging fruit example was Liam's Crystal Gore Dragon Army, that people were just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and even, just shit like that. Or even experience, like um, I remember Jacques was playing Iron Jaws when uh, before AOS two dropped. And he's still playing Iron Jaws now after AOS 2 dropped. And look at him sitting there in 10th place. Like, it's a pretty good example that you keep playing the same army with a similar list and just learning it and learning the ins and outs and how it responds to things and get more games in. And you'll, um, it doesn't, doesn't matter how good or shit your army is. You'll still pull great results depending, like, where you should be. Like Iron Jaws, it's it's amazing that they go four and one, but it's not a surprise that he did so well with as much practice as he's got. Yeah, just consistency yeah. in play and and not changing it too much. And not and there's something that Notorious I'm is massively prone to. Oh, I don't think I've oh, ever man. played the same army at a tournament, same list at a tournament <laughs> twice. No, I haven't. Every every tournament I go to. I love it, and I tweak it slightly, and, and then you're I lose. Like, Fuck this! Why do I, I hate take it? that? Yeah. Or I just hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's, it's been a long time since 2017 when I used to do well plus. But... Nah, <laughs> gone are the glory days of a really over the top broken book, which no one really rated. But whatever it is, what it is. Um. So where will we see you next, Tubbs? What events will you? I be think at the next? next one up is Call to Arms. So. I'll be definitely going to the next event that's... I know but, um, Street was talking about running one after the GHB uh, up in Auckland. If that's two days, I'd go to that. Um, but yeah. I think the next one that I've locked in is Call to Arms um, and whatever's in between. Also going to Sydney GT, which is exciting as fuck. Uh, it's 2.5k yep. as well. So... I have no idea how to write a list for two and a half K. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, as I told, as I told Clint, the last time I played two and a half K, I won the tournament, but that was in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't played yeah. two and a half K. <laughs> That'd be the last time I played two yeah, and a half K yeah, too, I do man. I not but... have a clue. So. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's cool. I think it's really cool because I don't know if I want to take it seriously with my list or just write a fun list or like what I want to do but I'm not too phased how anything goes um, I just sort of want to get over there and meet people and uh, and <laughs> see how terrible I am at writing a 2.5k yeah, list. Yeah and I think that's something you need to decide you know your tournament expectations before you go over there um, I mean obviously you're going yeah. I, you're like 100% locked in, I have every intention to go I've given yep. the pass ago i just need to like sort my shit out and book some flights and the rest of it um and that's something i think i'll probably discuss with you and maddie as well who's also coming with us matt wilkinson's coming with us um about what we sort of want to achieve for the weekend and set our expectations and goals like do we want to try do well competitively do we want to you know maybe do like a little weekend where we play a bunch of two and a half k games together because i don't know if anyone is keen to 
So I don't know if like our mates are going to be cancelled yeah. or not. Um, or are we just going to go for like a piss up essentially? <laughs> you know, just like just a weekend yeah. with the boys. Like any of the above, any of the above, I'm happy with. I just yeah, I guess see what I I'll, I'll take a decent list and then see what the buzz is like when I get there. And if it's just a whole bunch of people getting pissed in the hall. I'm just going to get pissed in the hall and see what happens. Um, but if 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 there's a whole lot of players that I've heard about that I really want to play, that means I have to play well uh-huh. to, to play them. Um, guess I'll guess I'll put on the good shoes and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's exactly it. It's all about setting your expectations and you're not getting upset with whatever the outcome is if those expectations aren't met. Um, yeah, yeah, that's possibly a topic for another day. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, yeah. you got anything else to add? I think I'm pretty done for him. It's getting late. Nah, tired. I've yeah, same. Had the shits all day, so I'm quite keen just to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally, last night I got him, and then I didn't go to work today because I still had him, and that was. I don't know why the listeners need to know, but shit, they know now. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty shitty. Is oh. what I'm saying. I'm stro- I'm surprised I got this far. But anywho. Nothing to add. Come on, GHB. Where's the leaks at? No, man. Yeah, come on. Come on, come you on, good cunt. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it there. And we will be back in your ears, <laughs> listeners, in a couple of weeks, hopefully. But more of a regular recording schedule now that we're a year under our belt. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be back <laughs> in your ears soon Sorry, enough. Cheers, Tubby. I'm staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. Trying to understand your vision, all I see is damage Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing We supposed to be your children, I thought we family You supposed to be my father, bro, I need answers We don't need to die young, we just need chances Tired of living on the edge, so we keep scrambling Trying to talk to these strippers, but they keep dancing We just want me number one like Steve Francis Bow our heads, say a prayer, now the seas planted Everywhere I turn, I'm seeing MCs vanish Lot of good niggas gone, I don't understand it Lot of families lost and they seem stranded I ain't trying to disrespect you, I just need answers I know you watching us from heaven thinking who to save Cherry picking who should go next and who should stay I'd be on my way to heaven if I knew the way And bring back every good nigga you choose to take They say you never wrong, but you done made a few mistakes Cause you taking the wrong niggas, maybe you should trade Trade us back all the real ones, remove the fakes I think you should trade Give us two pop back and take that nigga shook Let the legend resurrect that he gon' live for good I be screaming thug life in every different hood If only you can bring him back, Lord, I wish you would Give us Biggie, give us Pun, give us Triple X Take that nigga Trump with you, that's a bigger threat There's too much power for a coward with no intellect That's a bigger with a collar, there's a disconnect Niggas dying, mama crying, grandma need a tissue Niggas shooting up the church, now I need a pistol All them niggas still living, you don't see the issue But how you taste a leader, then you take a leader with you I ain't tryna disrespect, just need a meeting with you I ain't tryna overstep, just want a reason with you Give us back our love, wasn't take the evil with you Send them sucking straight to hell, they don't need a vigil I need you to give us back Martin Luther Take Martin Screlly, give us back Malcolm Take R. Kelly, R.I.P. Lil Snoop Get that boy's life back Take Eric Holder, give us Eric right back I'm sending you this message, Lord, I hope you hit me right back They say I'm on the wrong train, I know I'm on the right track Cause Trayvon gone and all he did was try to fight back Zimmerman walk around free, we don't like that Why you take our mothers from us? Fathers and our sisters and our cousins from us Got these children getting murdered while they double dutching Wonder why the fuck you take Nipsey Hustle from us Damn, you took a true king, a true brother from us This a fucking marathon, but they running from us Now everybody got guns
true, I've been in my feelings too But if you took Amatel, at least take Dylan Roof At least take James Holmes, I ain't even mad at that Just bring back Whitney, and give us Michael Jackson back Feds want me, and then slam it down Ain't no justice for Sandra Bland, we up like a Salem fan Lord, if you listen, I'm just looking for a hand in hand Take out the fuck niggas and give us back a fam again Drowning in my tears, trying to pray for something Wonder why you give us life for you to take it from us Wonder why you give us family then erase it from us Maybe hopefully you can have a conversation with us Maybe I'm just probably tripping cause I need a hug The hood can't find jobs, now we need a plug Everybody and their mama trying to be a thug I don't go to church cause I'm afraid of being judged I've been staring at the ceiling as I lie in bed Watching niggas follow trends like Simon says I pray you give us back the real ones and try again Or maybe take them niggas that deserve to die instead Tommy Lauren run her mouth and then she get defensive Lauren Ingram laughing at death and disrespecting I really feel like you should teach them stupid hoes a lesson Either that or give us back somebody who deserved the blessings I left out a bunch of names that I forgot to mention Cost too much to pay attention and it got expensive Father forgive me for I know not what I do And now I'm reaching out to you hoping you hear me and return the message I know that you got our back and that you're not against us Or maybe you just love us so you're doing shit to test us I just kinda thought that you would do more to protect us They say the good die young and I ain't on a guest list I been drinking, Lord, forgive me as my blood racing I don't know what I'm thinking, I'm just frustrated I don't mean to question you, I'm just confused I don't know what else to do, I've been patient and it sucks waiting Took my mans from me, that forever hurts But putting the blame on you, that'll never work I know this ain't your fault, it's the devil's work Devil's work Devil's work